You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Watch the left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. Go for Yelich. Cody Bellinger hits one out. Pete Alonso. He's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. And now the 0-1 pitch on the way. Is swung on and drilled to left. Way back. Yastrzemski will turn and watch, and the A's have tied it up on a ninth-inning grand slam by Steven Piscotti. Do you believe that? A's seven, Giants seven. Barreto running. Here's the turn. The 3-2 pitch is swung on a high fly ball. Left field. Yastrzemski back at the track <laughs> to the wall. He'll watch it fly. And they've done it again in the ninth inning. Do you believe it? Uncanny. Back-to-back games. The A's have gotten up off the deck in the ninth. And now they take the lead. A three-run home run. 7-6 A's over the Giants. Chad Pinder pinch hitting. Hits one to deep left field, way back, and no doubt, and that one is gone. Right center, the 1-2 fastball is drilled to left. Dickerson going back. He will turn and watch it fly, and how far will it fly? A mammoth shot off the bat of Piscotti, and now the A's have broken it open. 9-2 in favor of the A's. Well, they've tripled. Two homers, single. Here's a deep drive to left. Way back. Dickerson will turn and watch that one fly. Do you believe this? It's 11-2 in favor of the A's. Simeon unloads with a two-run homer. And that's his third of the year. Three long balls for the A's in the inning. An inning in which they've scored nine times. Here's Chris Townsend. Do you remember that? (laughs) I mean, that was so long ago. It seems like that was seasons ago when the A's swept the San Francisco Giants. As the A's will take on the San Francisco Giants, the Bay Bridge series continues. Now it's in Oakland. But more importantly, it's not about playing the Giants. Let's be honest. This is about the postseason. This is about the March to a World Series. The A's have clinched a play. They can clinch a playoff spot with their magic number is two. The magic number to clinch the division is four. Could it happen over the weekend? Maybe. But that's what it's all about. The Athletics this year are 7-7 seven and seven against the National League West compared to 24-12 and 12 against the American League West. But it has been a long, hard road. Now, I had the doctor's orders for everybody to take the day off yesterday. What an absolute grind, 16 games in 13 days. It was a grind, and we got through it. And now you're going to play three more, and then another day off on Monday, which I think everybody needs also. 
But my doctor's orders were take the day off. Don't do anything. Don't do baseball. I have no idea what happened in baseball yesterday. I did not pay attention. I'll be totally honest with you. It was my buddy, Mark Podesta's 50th birthday. We played golf. We hung out. I got home late. I watched U.S. Open. I have no idea what happened in baseball. And I can tell you today, I have no idea. Today is the first day that I'm back because I needed to unplug personally. And I'm not the one flying around and playing. I can't imagine what it's like for those guys. It's great to have the commander back. Cody, how are you? We've missed you. Uh, I'm glad to be back, Tony. It's been a few. It's been a week or so since we've actually talked any or even seen each other. Uh, from what you've missed, uh, there's a couple things. Josh Donaldson got thrown out of a game yesterday after, after he hit a home run. Uh, that's the first time that it happens since 1978. The Yankees hit six home runs in a game yesterday. They had, uh, I believe, an incredible, I think it was 19 home runs over a three-game span against the Blue Jays. Uh, that's the most since the 1963 Twins when they hit 17 in four games. Luke Voigt, the major league leader in home runs, who saw that coming with 20. And uh, Garrett Crochet, the 11th pick in the major league draft this year. We covered that draft better than anyone. The 11th pick in the draft has made is, is being called up by the Chicago White Sox already without any experience, obviously, in the minor league season. So he's up. So you're seeing a lot of things happen in the last two days. And the White Sox clinch a playoff spot. Only the 10th time in franchise history for a team that's been around for over 100-plus seasons. And they were, you know, we talked about there was going to be a darling this year, right? That there was going to be somebody that, you know, shocks. And some people saw, there actually kind of two of really, because only you, Cody, were ridiculous enough to think about the Marlins. Oh, that looks good right now. But... The Padres and the White Sox were the two teams that were darlings going into this season. And obviously the White Sox are living up to the billing. I think there's no question about it. I did not see that. I, I was true to form. I told everybody. I told Ken Korak. I told everybody. No baseball. So Josh Donaldson hit a home run and got ejected by the umpire. How is that possible? So what happened was apparently there was a – I forget who the home plate umpire was – but uh, Donaldson checked swung, but he didn't go all the way around, and it wasn't a strike in the strike zone. But he, but the umpire called it a strike. So later, then Rocco Baldelli came out to like kind of defuse the situation, and like I think it might have been a pitch or two later, he hits a home run. He comes across home plate after he hits a home run, and he like kicks dirt across the uh, across home plate, and the umpire throws him out of the game. So it was kind of funny if you go back and watch the video, just seeing Donaldson's reaction. And then I've heard people say you can't get thrown out of the game because the Twins actually want to ended up losing that game to the White Sox, but. Seeing him get thrown out be the first guy since 1978 to have that happen, it's pretty remarkable. Who was the guy in 1978? That's a good question. I should have saved who it was. I can get the. I can get it. It was. Um, I want to say. It was, was it a notable player? I don't think so. I'm gonna pull up the the guy that had the uh, the tweet from yesterday. But yeah, it was. I was remember I was flying home from Pennsylvania and I saw it on the flight and I'm like, what is this? What when he Donaldson gets thrown out of a game? And I watched the video and I started laughing and then I saw what happened. So. You know, prior to, you know, right after that is when the Bengals and Browns kicked off. So I had to get baseball before everyone started talking about football the whole time. But I'm scrolling back to see when this, who this player was. All right. So the magic number is two to get into the playoffs. So you're handling your own business. The Athletics at 31 and 19, taking on the Giants, who are still in this two at 25 and 24. You know, the good news for the Giants is the fact that they did have a false positive COVID test. 
and now they don't have to finish the season because that's what it was looking like. They would finish their season with the Padres with three straight doubleheaders, which would have been brutal for the Padres because they're going to be in for sure, but also for the Giants. And, 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 and I'll say this, too, for the A's, because I know there's a lot of people, you know, it's amazing how the trolls come out of nowhere. You don't pay attention to the season. You don't care what's happening. You don't care about this franchise. You don't care about this industry. And all of a sudden, oh, there's a lot of smoke in Seattle. And now we all have an opinion. You know those people? Oh, you know totally. those people who won't talk about the A's, won't tweet about the A's, won't Facebook, Instagram, nothing about the A's, but all of a sudden there's smoke in Seattle, and now you have an opinion, and now you care? Well, there was plenty of those people in the Bay Area. Well, let me tell you something. As bad as that was, now we don't have to play doubleheaders last weekend of the season. Do you understand that? Is air quality an issue? No question. There's no question. It was horrible. And now they're actually, you know, for the first time, baseball is having to actually, you know, they're changing as we speak. It's just the reality of 2020. Things change. And now you got to implement new stuff. And, all, you know, was it was it horrible that the players played in that kind of air quality? No question. Now go back to all those players and say, hey, would you want to end the season on doubleheaders? That, that would have meant they would have had two doubleheaders on the final weekend. Remember, you're taking a day off, and then you have the postseason. This is not traditional. You're going right into the postseason. You're going right into no days off. Is that what you want as a pitching staff? Is that what you want as an organization? I guarantee you, everybody at the A's right now, because I, I was outside today, blue skies. If we had to ask every A's player, would you battle one day to not do double headers to end the season? You Because remember, I don't know, Co Cody, have you checked the schedule? Do you realize if the A's didn't play that game and canceled it because of air quality, they would finish the season with three straight doubleheaders? Yeah, and they all would have been – They the last uh, series of the year against Seattle is at home, but still, that's three straight doubleheaders you'd have to play. That's Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of games that make up in, the, in three days. With the postseason right around the corner, a day after the season ends on that Tuesday. Did you realize how many people in, in our former industry, which we'll call terrestrial radio, now all of a sudden cared? Uh, Never cared about the A's for the entire 2020 season, but now they all have an opinion about air quality in the A's in 2020. Yeah, I, I was monitoring Twitter while I was away, just seeing what's going on in sports, and I kept seeing a lot of that. And I saw how bad the air quality was for the A's against the Mariners because I was still following what the A's were doing. Because they're so concerned. They're so concerned. Like – like when the A's had a, a a positive COVID test in Daniel Mingdon, there's nothing. No one cares. These people don't care. But all of a sudden now, bad air quality. Now it's, oh, my God, this is, I got to have an opinion on this. Because yeah. now I care. Yeah, everyone has an opinion when something, Disgusting. when something like that happens. And you mentioned the, the, uh, the, the COVID test. Ken Rosenthal had this earlier. No new positives among players for the past 19 days and 27 of the last 28 days. There have been no positive COVID tests. Obviously, the Giants false positive. 
happened, but then the one player that tested positive was Daniel Mangden. So 27 of the last 28 days, there have only been one player that's tested positive. So that's a very good sign for Major League Baseball. Yeah, well, I remember there are quite a few of these people like, I can't even believe baseball's playing. Can't even believe baseball's playing. Do you hear that? Daniel Mangan is the last guy to test positive. Big Ten football is now going to play. Everybody's now waiting on an answer from the Pac-12. But that's not what I want to get into. I just, I, the, the fact that, yes, I, I had to mention, because it's something that's bugged me, uh, about the air quality and all the hot takes on it, which do you not understand that you we would have three straight doubleheaders in the season? Is that the way anybody wants to get? If you have to suck it up and wear a mask, because I can tell you now, when, when we get to this final weekend of the season where there's going to be four games in three days, which is obviously a lot, I even I haven't thought about this to ask David Feldman. Has the A's organization dating back to Philadelphia ever played 16 games in 13 days? Ever? Has that ever happened? I'm gonna bet it hasn't. How about the Marlins playing the Phillies seven straight times? Has that happened? Maybe. But the, what these players are going through right now, it, 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 it has been an ultimate grind. But the good thing is, you now, I mean, as a player, when that when, when that plane landed in Oakland, I had, to, I had to think it was such a special feeling. I've been on team planes before. I know what it's like to get back home and you're like, oh, I think the biggest one for me was the first time I went to Japan with the A's when we landed in 2012. And my wife and, and my kids were young at the time, my twins, and just for them to pick me up and see them. I gotta I I have to have a feeling because baseball players are, are used to long trips, right? Three city road trips, that's nothing new. But not during something like this. Not during the conditions like this. And I had to think, and I have to think any team, when they go through, oh my God, we're supposed to have a day off, but we gotta play a double header, and then we gotta get back on the plane and we gotta go somewhere else. You know, the the other leagues. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cody. They're not switching time zones. If you're a central team or an East Coast team, you never change time zones. We're the only – West is the only one that changes time zones. I think the only team that I can think of off the top of my head that has to switch time zones is the Pirates when they play from Pittsburgh to to the like the White Sox in Chicago, uh, the Cubs, because they go from East Coast to Central time, but it's only one time zone. So they're losing they're, – you, know, you lose an hour. Yeah, it's the same with the A's go, or anybody going to Colorado. It's like Mountain Time. Yeah, so that they're the only one I could think of that's actually losing uh, losing time going from time zones because everyone else, the Yankees aren't going anywhere. The Yankees are going to have to schedule against teams that are right around the metro area with Philly and New York, Philly and New York and Washington and Buffalo. They take buses. They're taking buses with police escorts. I mean, the A's going from Texas to Seattle to Colorado is completely different from the Yankees taking a police escort on a bus to Yankee stadium, to Philly. I mean, they're, I'm, are they flying to Washington? Are they flying to bother? Maybe. It just shows you how tough this has been for teams on the West and how tough it's been for the A's. And the fact that now we can see 
we can truly see I've never ran a marathon and nor will I ever. But I just wonder, is is this the part of the marathon when you're running and you can now see the finish line? You can now see it. It's three against San Francisco, three against L.A., who's already clinched, and then four against the Seattle Mariners. And, Cody, I doubt you have ever ran a marathon. No, and I don't plan on ever running a marathon, so we don't have to worry about it. At 31 years old, I don't think I'd be able to make it. Jessica, welcome to A's Cast Live. How are you? I'm good. I don't mean to brag, but I'm like a runner now, you guys. I don't know if I'm a marathon runner, but I like run now. So that's just my humble brag. Okay, humble brag. Uh, What's the longest you've done here in COVID-19 since the outbreak? Why don't we change the subject and talk about something else? Um, I feel like that's not, I don't know, like maybe down the street. I don't run like long distances. I just, you know, I, I yog, if you will. Soft well, what, how I was going to compare that with the A's was they're now at that point in the race. You can now see where the crowd is, right? You can now see yeah. the ending of the marathon. Like they've been in this wild sprint. And it's been just endless and it's been scary and it's been very tough. But now you look up and now you can see you're not at the finish line, but Jessica, you can now see it. Yeah. And I feel like that would be great. Or be, uh, I guess a very honest opinion in a regular 162 game season as well. But yeah, they've kind of been dealt a lot of difficult cards between, you know, the COVID and even at the beginning with Jesus Lazardo testing positive for COVID. And of course, Chappie's out and, and Pinder's out for a little bit. And Bastotti's coming back. And so we're, we're figuring that stuff out, but they did well at the deadline, but they were, they're doing a lot of good stuff and it's the perfect time for everything to kind of come together. And they're seeing the beautiful, I guess, light at the end of the tunnel. And I feel like the series that's coming up right now, the Bay bridge series is going to be a big telltale sign for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they've just been doing everything right. And even with some of the setbacks, they've proved that they have the guys off the bench um, and in the lineup to pick up for them. So it's been really fun to watch. Yeah, it is. It, it's been a wild season. This team has had to deal with and all the teams. But I think about the A's, they've had to deal with the pandemic, social injustice, uh, potential hurricane. There was the hurricane, but luckily it missed Houston. And then you start talking about climate and you start talking about fires and you talk about air quality, the amount of things that just the A's have had to deal with and a lot of other teams, but truly the A's. uh, When when you talk to people nationally, what do they say? You know, I think they're starting to understand it a little bit more um, and and respect the A's quite a bit more. And and I'm hoping that the storyline um is no longer oh the a's are fun like this team's really good and and nationally i'm hearing that you know they have the like their the pitching has a lot of respect too and not just the bullpen that dallas braided and i refer to as daddy because it dominates so much but that starting rotation is really coming together as well and you know matt olson's getting i'm hope you know, he's not quite the guy that we were anticipating, but, um, you know, Tommy LaSalle has been great. So they're getting the right respect. Um, I'm just hoping that storyline goes from, oh, they're a fun, good team to a great team to a World Series contender team. And I think it's slowly getting there and there's getting more eyes on it. I think the success of the Padres and the White Sox certainly helped to show, 
you know, not all the teams we're anticipating were going to be doing well or doing well. So I think it's, it's a positive direction, but I think the expanded playoffs are going to be weird, but I think they're going to do great. And I think they're finally proving themselves. And who would have thought that Matt Chapman goes down, enter Jake Lamb, five for 11, a home run, a couple RBIs, three runs scored. I mean, he's been a godsend for the A's. Yeah, it feels like the moment he put on Kelly Green, he was just insane. And I, I love a guy like that, especially when, you know, he didn't really have a home. And then he gets on a team, you can tell he just wanted to play. And he, it feels like it's the change of scenery, which I'm a firm believer in. Um, and I'm hoping he can be that all-star caliber guy like he was with the Diamondbacks. I love watching the guy play. And, you know, you can't fill a Matt Chapman, but you can certainly try. And I feel like he's going to do a great job of just, showing he's a baller and he's going to come play and he's going to do what he needs to do. And he wanted to play. And you could tell the way that he was doing it was how fast he was running on the bases and, and hitting a bomb and doing what he needed to do. And he blended so well, stay with the same with the Stella. Cause we often forget this is like a new school for these guys. And, and it's kind of cool to see, but I think he's doing a really great job of doing the best he can to fill that void and almost, makes it like an, an easy transition. Like I said, you can't fill a two-time Platinum Glove Award winner so quickly, but he's going to do a really darn good job of trying. You know, it's so interesting when you talk about the the mental part of the game. Whether you talk about Lamb, you talk about Listella, you talk about guys who change teams. So you're going to play with a bunch of guys you don't know. You're going to live in a city that you don't live in. You're going to have to be in a hotel. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, this change of scenario, this scene change, it just it like it's like a reset button. It's hard to explain to people, but I'll give you a shot. Why do you think that a reset and a change of venue can be so beneficial beneficial to a guy? I feel like it could just be where you're having pressures on yourself, right? Like you're like, I don't know what's going on, or it could be a divisional thing. Like you just can't keep facing these same guys in your division. Or it could just be, and I don't want to make it specific, but it could be a clubhouse issue too. I hear a lot of times that sometimes you're just not meshing with the team well. And the opposite goes because guys are obsessed with their teammates. And when they have to flip the other way, it's difficult. So that could be a scenario too, or just, it could even be as something as small as, you know, just the confidence being not there because I mean, think about it this way. I'm from Reno and I just didn't feel like I could be my best self when I was living there. And, you know, to get a job opportunity like I do with NBC sports definitely made me open up my wings a little bit more and I could thrive better. And so I think about it in those aspects, but it's never going to be easy. The next thing you know, you're having to do the scouting reports and you're having to find, Oh, where am I, where am I going to live? Where's my family going to live? So it's, it's a lot more drama, but sometimes the drama is good because you don't have time to think you just have to get to the next spot and hope that your wife, girlfriend, and your loved ones are just ready for it. But I think that has a lot to do with it. And then it could just be, you're going to a team that maybe values you more too, especially with a Lestella scenario where he needed to be on a team where that was heading toward the playoffs and they needed his production at the plate and everything like that. So that could be a confidence boost as well. And I feel like there's so many different aspects of it. There's certainly the the opposing ends of it as well. But I, I like to look at it from the positive perspective where maybe it's a weather thing or, hey, I've always wanted to live in San Diego. Or when you're about to retire and you have the wherewithal to actually say, hey, I want to play in Houston or something like that. That's always a good ego boost too. And you want to retire there. So, so stuff like that, I feel is definitely a factor. 
Well, I think about what we're leading up to, and obviously the A's could clinch a playoff spot tonight. Uh, there's a doubleheader between the Mariners and the Padres, so we could be talking about the A's for sure in the playoffs as of uh, later today on the A's Clubhouse show. So Tampa, the White Sox, and the Dodgers, they are in the playoffs for sure. We still have mm-hmm. a, a ways to go for the division. Just how much are you looking forward to Forget the wild card. You're going to have a three-game series with all these teams. Then you're going to go to these bubbles, and we're not going to have days off for the AL or NL, DS, CS. This is going to be a completely different playoff format in baseball that we have never seen before. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm juiced for it. I'm pumped for it. Although I do like the one-game wild card game just because it's like, so enhanced and so intense and there's always that extra energy like I almost you know just can't compare it to anything else besides maybe skipping heartbeats it's just a really cool scenario but I'm glad it's going to be expanded to a certain extent but I also like the fact that I mean you mentioned the White Sox and you mentioned the rate and like these these teams that you're not anticipating are, are successful I you know I was talking to Evan Marshall from the White Sox heading into the season and he was like Jess we're going to be good and I said well, of course, you have to say that, but look at what they're doing. Like, Abreu's hitting all these guys in and the RBI hitting machine, and they're pitching everything like that. But I don't think they would be bad in a regular game season, a regular 162-game season either. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I feel like we, we've been able to see a little bit from NHL and NBA making it work, and I feel like MLB is doing a great job of, you know, the keeping the negative test almost non they're not even testing positive. So I think that's really, really great and and going from there. But it'll be fun to experiment. We got to experiment with the DH and I feel like it's the perfect time to do it. So I mean I'm pumped. It's gonna be different and I get to change up my, you know, postseason routine, which is really cool and get to see the teams you're not anticipating and covering it a different way. So I mean I'm pumped. I mean this is our livelihood and and and, and what bothers me is There were so many people that wanted to come down on professional sports for even having the audacity to start up. And as you just said, and my producer Cody is talking about the A's with Daniel Mingdon, that's the last positive test. I mean, the way the NBA has been successful, the NHL has been successful. Now the NFL, you can look at tennis, you can look at golf, Mm -hmm. of course, with baseball. I'm happy that we've been successful when there was a lot of people that wanted to be negative and act like you guys are crazy for starting this thing. I'm really proud of our sport. I 100% agree. And I was kind of one of those negative people at the very beginning, more or less, because I was like, I don't know how we're going to do it. And, you know, me, I love baseball. It's the love of my life. But I, I still was a little bit apprehensive, cautiously optimistic, if you will. And I'm glad the guys were too, because they, you know, after kind of the Cardinal situation, the A situation kind of happened. And of course, the Marlins, they, they took it seriously and they know they need to be smart about it. And, and in order to play, because you get one negative test and you saw how the A's did, they were off for a week and that's a game changer. And, and so you have to think of it from that perspective and they're being mature about it. They're being responsible about it and their families are too. And I feel like that's, a good way to look at it because you know we have, we know we work in sports right townie so it's people kind of laugh at us for what we do for a living but at the end of the day i'm so glad it's back because it was good for my mental health lord knows it was good for a lot of other people's mental health and it kind of brings us a sense of normalcy or we can hopefully get back to as normal as we possibly can but you're right it's the new norm now and we're embracing that and it's still all good stuff how is bok talk going for you Bog Talk's going amazing. I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's um I'm excited that I get to branch out from beyond just 
players and managers I get to talk to, you know, social media influencers in the industry, like Pitching Ninja was on, he was fun. Tony Gwynn Jr. came on. Obviously, Dallas Braden's always a wonderful person to talk to. He was on just today's episode. So it's just been cool to kind of throw me out of the comfort zone and introduce other things than just players and managers. Not that I don't love and appreciate players and managers, but to show there's so much more aspects to the game. And I've been really embracing it and loving it. So I really appreciate you asking me that because it's been fun. I've been able to both write and hone in on some of the things I need to work on as a reporter and a host and everything like that. So it's been it's been really, really a blast. I've been so lucky that they give me this platform. It's been great. Well, as you mentioned platform, I think that's how like everything has changed. You know, we're very proud here uh, on A's cast to be the number one podcast in all of Major League Baseball and and for, for the teams, I always give Buster only his credit. I think Buster uh, is dominant when it comes to uh, personalities with baseball tonight, but he's got the ESPN platform behind him. But it, it right. really is, wouldn't you admit, this is where everything is going. This is where fans, as you say, it's just not your traditional same old, same old. It's like you have, you have this platform that you're allowed to do a lot of different things, a lot of interesting things. So when I come to Bok Talk, I'm coming to be entertained. It's just not the same old, same old cliches that we've heard from year for years from baseball players and, and baseball managers. Exactly. And that's ultimately what I want. I want it to be like I'm having a beer with y'all and we're talking about the game. And that's what I ultimately want. And it's it's the new norm. Like I was on with Jonah Heim earlier for an interview and, and his parents were there too. And they ordered a pizza and the pizza arrived in the middle of the interview. It just is what it is. And it's it's cool to know that we're all embracing it and there's always going to be digital media around and it's so accessible and it's fun. And that's, that's what's been the most rewarding thing and being able to connect with people that you may have not been able to connect in a different atmosphere when you are in the clubhouse or anything, it's everything's on zoom and it's a little bit more down to earth, which I really love. You know, we haven't had an interview where someone gets a pizza I mean that that may be the new thing. We get a pizza and a and, and a what twelve pack of beer. Wouldn't that be the Are best? They, oh, that's the best. But about cats, though, I feel like there's always like animals and babies in the background and stuff like that. <laughs> like that stuff's been pretty good like my cats are always around and you know something always happens my phone always goes off when I'm on you know live tv it never nobody ever wants to talk to me mom until I'm and there's an on-air sign it's just how it is but I love it and it's and it's funky and people aren't offended by it anymore which is really good so if I screw up it's like oh well you know she's doing it from her her bedroom it is what it is <laughs> Uh, th th I mean, that. there's no question. I mean, I, I got my wife teaching first grade. I got my twins have just entered high school and everything's from the house. I mean, this is just, yeah. and, 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 and I'll tell you this, you know, one of the things I've really enjoyed about this season is the fact that the players, when we first saw this with the Warriors, when I was covering the Warriors and they would bring all the Warriors out to, to, to a podium instead of being in the locker room, the fact that we're getting these guys after the game, whether it's Giants or A's, and you're getting mm -hmm. them on these ring central calls, you're actually hearing the media and you're hearing the player. So you're hearing the entire thing. I think this is far better than the sound we normally get from the clubhouse. I agree. And I get to learn from people like Slusser and, and to see her work and, and be able to be like, okay, cool. Like that's how it's supposed to be done. But it's, it's, it's in a way weirdly more intimate too, which is weird because we're so far apart, but it's a little bit more relatable because we're all going through it. And I think that's kind of cool, but like 
it's not weird anymore now that we're just embracing like, oh, what time is it? Got to get to my Zoom call and it's all and my Ring Central call, what have you. So it's it's really interesting, but I like that we're all we're all in this together. Block Talk is fantastic. How tell us our tell our fans where to go. Uh, you can, it's, I tweet everything out. So it's um, on my Twitter at KleinTrentJD. It's also on NBC Sports Bay Area and on our website. And then um, NBC Authentic, NBCS Authentic on Twitter as well. And we tweet out clips of the actual on-camera stuff. And then it's on Spotify, anywhere you can get iTunes and, and or anywhere you can get podcasts is there too. And it's been super fun. We have amazing people behind the scenes doing amazing work. And my guests have been great and nothing's, to off limits with it, which I really love. We appreciate the time. Be well and be safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Tony. Appreciate it. Great stuff. We're 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 we're, we're going back to back. NBC here because uh, my guy Brody Brazil is going to be joining us coming up next. Is that correct, Cody? It is. And not only will Brody be joining us, Brody's going to be joining us live via video from his home studio that he uses for uh, A's pregame live. My, my San Jose State uh, alum brethren, Brody uh, Brazil. I forgot he went to San Jose State. Wow, it's going to be an, another connection. I mean, it's going to be hard to top that connection you have with Pat Hughes and Franny, but, I mean, we'll see what Brody can do. As 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 Brody is actually a uh, also a San Jose State grad. You didn't know that? I forgot. I mean, I, when I We're think of, everywhere. When I think of San Jose State people, I think of, for our show, I think of you, Franny, and the great Pat Hughes, who that'd be Kevin Franzen, former big yeah. leaguer, now broadcaster for the Philadelphia Phillies. We don't have to talk to Franny because Bryce Harper keeps hitting a ton of home runs, and he's not slowing down. Franny, he might be a guy we have to talk they're, to. They're, hey, hey, they're still in it. Yeah, they're looking good. I mean, they're not catching my Marlins; they're only still a couple games behind. But yeah, they they look good. They're they're playing a lot better. So you got the Dodgers, you got the Cubs, and you got the Braves, but then you got the Padres. The Marlins, and then you got Giants, you got Reds, and you got Phillies. Do you do you still think the uh, Cardinals got a chance? Well, they're beating the Pirates right now, and they're playing a doubleheader, so I, I, they're running out of games. Yeah, and Dakota Hudson got hurt yesterday, one of their starting pitchers, and you're maybe seeing it as, as a sign of uh, what's going on with all the doubleheaders they've been playing. You know, and how about my Cincinnati Reds? Well, that's because Trevor Bauer is incredible right now. It's a three head, it's a three uh, three horse race for the Cy Young with him, you Darvish, and um, my guy Jacob Degrom, Mister Outlier. Uh, those are the three guys right now going for no, the no, Cy no. Young. Bauer, power, baby! They've won five in a row. They're twenty five and twenty six. I would love to see the Cincinnati Reds and Trevor Bauer United Reds and Trevor Bauer United. Brody, you're back with us. How are you? Yeah. Is the echo gone? Are we, are we good? Yes, we are good. Beautiful. I'm sorry. I'm such an idiot. I had this set up for something else, and I didn't realize it in the moment. That's my bad. Brody, it took me, like, I can tell you, like, my computer, like, if I touch a cord, it will change the settings. <laughs> and next thing you know, I can't hear Cody, and he, he can't hear me. And I'm like, I bumped it. It's like, my, my joke is... Uh, we're using millennial technology to try and make this work. And it's not like the old days where we had an ISDN line and the ISDN line worked every single time. Cody, my, are you a millennial, Cody? Because I'm going to, I know Townie's not. And I'm going to also disqualify myself. And I'm not saying that I take it personal to be called a millennial. I just, I don't relate 
to that term. That's not for me. How about you? Uh, Brody, I'm 31. I'll be 32 in November, so I'm right in the middle of the You're millennial age group. You're yeah. in it. So I understand I like the technology I'm a very millennial. well. I would like to be a millennial, but unfortunately really? I'm too old, yeah. I just – I can't um... – I don't know. Growing up with a Walkman, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just <laughs> and a pager. I just I feel like it, it doesn't all it doesn't all relate to me, you know. So if you watch the Bash Brothers, you're not a millennial. Right? No, so no, you're not. You're not a millennial, right? Um, you're a little. You're just a little older for that. I'm like my wife will tell me that that I was born in '81, and she says that's the cutoff year. So, oh, uh, Brody, you're not a millennial. I no agree. Way. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, thank no you. Way. No, that's all I needed. If you owned a Walkman <laughs> right now, right now, Cody's Googling what a Walkman is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what it is. I, I had one imagine, when I was growing up. Imagine recording this interview on a tape, Cody, and then the A and the B side. Think about that for a second. When they talk about tape to tape editing, I'm like, I don't know what that means. I've only <gasps> ever used Adobe. <laughs> oh, I talk about that a lot. I walk around the studio like the old guy. Well, back when I was actually going into the studio, like, hey, you know, we used to edit this stuff on tape, you know? So. Well, how about, and, and, and it still drives me nuts to this day because I had to pay for it. Imagine three-hour wedding tape. How much it costs to have a <laughs> video crew tape my wedding. I had to pay for it. It's on VHS, oh. and I don't even know where it is. So if something was to go down, all that money I spent to videotape our wedding. Right. We don't even have a VCR in the house. Oh, you got to get it transferred. You got to get that put on DVD or uh, what DVD. See, look at me. <laughs> DVD. <laughs> I'm sure you have a DVD player too. Oh God. Well, Hey, you know, this season, I mean, it's been a grind and we've talked so much about it and how crazy it's been, but you know, I got to think Brody that, that that for the players after this day off and let's get through the giant series and another day off, which I think will be huge, but the finish line is coming. It is right there. You got to see it. And then once you get in, everybody's got a puncher's chance. 16 teams, um, no home field advantage, I guess, outside the wild card round. Um, and, and here's the real one. Could a team with a losing record, qualify for the playoffs could that be a thing uh unfortunately i think the answer is yes so i mean look it i think it had to be this way i think it, the season when we look back on it um 10 years from now it might be criticized in enough ways it doesn't need anything extra but i do think that opening up the field of to 16 teams at least at least it it removes some area of criticism that somebody got hosed. I mean, you're you're allowing literally half the teams from the regular season to get in. More than that. So, um, I like it. I'll, I'll be honest. I like I like going into the soft bubble. I know people want to compare it to the NHL and NBA bubble. It's not really going to be like that. Um, it's a lot less strict. So I'm calling it the soft bubble. But I also think to do anything you can to keep games going in the most critical time of your year, I think that's imperative. I think it's a smart move. It's prudent. So. I uh, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm so glad after 2014, 2018 and 2019 that the A's will not lose a wild card game in 2020. And when I think about, we'll go with your soft bubble. If the A's can get through that first round, which it's going to be at home, that potentially they clinch tonight as the uh, Padres and the Mariners are playing, they'll clinch a playoff spot and then hopefully win the AL West. If they can get to this so-called soft bubble, what's interesting is the A's depth from their pitching and their bench 
play so well in a playoff series where you don't have days off. And let's not forget, they're built for a pitcher's ballpark. That's yeah. what Oakland is. So when you think of like Mike Fires and Sean Mania and both places, Dodger Stadium, Petco Park are pitchers' ballparks. They're built for this. That's why I'm so it's like, hey, just get here and we'll race all the stats. But when you look at the way the A's are built for no days off and pitchers' ballparks, how do you see it? I really I'm so upset at life right now. Like this this interview is so 2020. This is <laughs> I don't know what the heck happened there. You know, we were just talking about it going, you know, uh it, it is what it is. I mean, we have never we've never gone this high tech on A's Cast Live and the first time we do it, we and have issues. It's a good reason for me to see see Tony, we should have went old school like you and I. Yeah. Co- Cody's idea, do it the Google. I should have called you on a landline like uh, <laughs> like Ray Fossey will definitely do later, right? Like, or, or, you know, the old rotary phone, you know, not even a yeah. dial, dial tone, you know, just. Remember when oh. you were a kid growing up? Because you grew up in what, Castro Valley? Yep. Remember when it was cool when you had a really long phone cord and you could take the phone into multiple rooms because that phone cord would allow that? Try having a sibling and only one one phone line in the house, right? And you didn't want to have your conversation with friends, like, in an open room. So you had to drag it, like, under the door, you know. Yeah, I, I struggled with all that. So we, we were did. just – we were just, we know the NBA has kind of talked about let's get it going and sometime in December, and Cody just read somewhere they might push that back. Uh, we got the Stanley Cup final going on right now. You got any idea when we might get Sharks hockey back? Um, I, you know, if the NBA is not going until after Christmas, I don't see how the NHL would be anywhere here in the year 2020. I think it's obvious they're trying to get past uh, the worst of, of the pandemic. And hopefully after a vaccine comes out, they can start their next season. I, I'll be very honest. Nobody knows. My gut instinct tells me that it'd be January or February at best. And, and then that puts you in the difficult spot of, all right, are you going to try and play another full season again? Um, you know, the fortunate thing about baseball, right, is that their next season wouldn't even start. You know, I, I know the spring training schedule just came out, but you're yeah. talking about normal timeline anyway for them, and that buys them extra months. Hockey and basketball have the weird thing of, all right, they have to start up again soon. Uh, so I don't know how they're going to do it, what their plans are. Um, I think 162 for baseball next year ambitious probably a little bit more ambitious than realistic but i think it's possible um I, I i hope obviously more normal you know aspects of it are possible but um yeah timing's interesting man and, and i think it's it's so impossible to to really know rather than to just guess your best guess of course brody hosts pre and post game live nbc sports california for not only the oakland a's but also our beloved san jose sharks and you know i think the Baseball has the luxury, Brody, of, and it's a horrible luxury of going, all right, let's just play a bunch of double headers. <laughs> and I know uh, there were people who were like, they should not have played that game in Seattle. Okay, I get it, but at least now we're not ending the season with three straight double headers right before right. the playoffs. Right. But hockey and the NBA, because obviously NBC Sports Bay Area does the, I'm promoting everybody here, NBC Sports Bay Area does the Warriors. Um, <laughs> The reality is 
You can't do double dips in hockey. You can't do double dips in the NBA. And you want to keep the integrity of the season as much yeah. as possible. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't. And you don't want to get like for 2021. You don't want to keep pushing your seasons back because now you're like you're like you're changing going forward. Like it's really a tough call for the NHL. Well, here, here's the other dynamic. They they and the NBA have been in this hard bubble the entire time. You, you cannot do that, though, for an entire next season. Players are not going to sign up to be in the hard bubble like they were in Edmonton and Toronto for, for the NHL for six months. They'll do it for three months if they're going to play for the Stanley Cup or the NBA title in Orlando. But if you're telling all athletes, hey, next year, we're going to need you in a hard bubble. You can't even see your family for six straight months. That's, that's a non-starter for any player. Um, so that's, that's the difference in, in what, you know, baseball is doing versus the other two sports and how next year uh, some tough decisions are going to have to be made. I, I think hockey and basketball, I think they try and get out of the hard bubble that they're in. But again, therein lies the problem. I, I don't know if they're going to have the literal zero COVID positive tests next year, if that's hopefully, you know, I wish that weren't a thing, but I don't know if they're going to be able to replicate their health success if they go outside the hard bubble. So the A's only need to win one game to get your beloved trophy. <laughs> Is this the crowning achievement of Brody? I think of your career. I think all you did, you, you created, you had your, your own show. The high school sports was big. You've been with us since they really developed. It was Comcast Sports Net Bay Area, but now NBC Sports Bay Area in California. You've been there since day one. Is this the crowning achievement of your great career, this trophy? Oh yeah, and you know what, Townie? I've I've already requested that when I die, it's going to go in in the casket with me. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. And I don't even have one thing that's a crowning achievement. I I just I saw an opportunity to make this connection with like Caltrans. I mean, I had to go through the state of California to get Bay Bridge Steel to make this trophy, and and I also want to say too, it was me as the the initiator of all this. It was me who kind of reached them and, and just put all the pieces together. It was everybody else who designed this thing, who promotes it now. I, I literally have nothing to do with it anymore. But I do want to say that, like, the one thing I never hoped happened is that it got forced on people. I realize anything new in a longstanding tradition, uh, it's going to have to earn its keep. And this trophy, like, it's what, three years old now? Some people initially are like, what the heck is this? This is stupid. I don't want this. I don't need this. My hope is that you can really evaluate it five years down the road, 10 years down the road. And I hope if it lasts, great. It stood the test of time. Um, you know, we, we know that the Giants and A's in-season games, like it already has the fun aspect. And that's all this was to add to that. It doesn't need a trophy to signify it. Um, I just thought because of what the trophy was made of, the Eastern Span, Baybridge Steel, that uh, it, would, it would add some authenticity and something tangible that, you know, hey, when you're at your... When you're at the bar with your friends, like in 2024 again, you can talk that talk to them and say, well, who's got the trophy right now? Simple oh, as that. I, I miss bars. <laughs> well, you I, can, I, I can't you even... can still have like one of the best parts of a bar. You can still have a drink or two or several, but you just don't have the social aspect, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean it was it was actually my birthday, March 15th. Oh, yeah. We were in a bar. Uh, a bunch of my buddies and we we're having a drink for my birthday. It was the first beer we were having where the owner came in and said, we got to shut down. Newsom has shut us down. Oh, wow. March 15th was the last time indoors in Santa Clara County, March. 15th. My, uh, 
my birthday was April 3rd. And I remember um, telling my family, I'm like, hey, guys, you know what? We're not doing anything. Because at that point, I didn't. I just wanted my my son, my wife, and that's it. We didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to get anybody else sick. And I, I remember saying, you know what? If we don't even celebrate till April 23rd, it's okay. <laughs> I think... I think I finally saw my parents in like June, mid-June. It was the first time we actually, you know, entered our small little bubble together. So, you By know. the way, let, let, let's end on this because I want people to know this. And I don't think at times people understand how much some of us have had to fight for the A's over the years, whether it's on television, radio, now streaming. And I'll throw the Sharks in there, too, for what you do for the San Jose as you know, we're all huge San Jose Sharks fans, is in your career, you know, we've had to battle for these franchises, for airtime, for as much love as we possibly can get for them and, you know, cause me essentially to leave my old radio station. I mean, it's, 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 it is what it is. Uh, just talk about that, your love for the – and we'll throw in the Sharks too because you know how we're such big Sharks fans. Uh, just your love for these teams and how, from a television side, you've had to fight tooth and nail for them. I think what it comes down to is it's obvious uh, what team and what what season and 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 when when the bandwagon gets full on something, right? And um, you know, winning titles will do that for teams, and all these auxiliary fans jump on. And for me, there's two choices over all the years: you can either stay loyal to the product that you 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 know you have blood, sweat, and tears with, or you can you can be a bandwagon. You can dip your your foot in all the pools. Uh, to me. Um, I would, I would rather stay loyal to, you know, the, the ones that I'm assigned to work for, quite honestly, the ones I grew up watching the age sharks. I would also throw the warriors in that conversation. Those are the big ones for me. Yeah, it's hard. Um, I understand the business aspect of people wanting to go where the attention is, uh, for me, I, my, my loyalty and my dedication are for, for better or worse. Not, it's not the way everybody does it. I'd rather stay sharp on those aspects, um, rather than playing, playing the hot hand so to speak. Brody, keep up the great work and don't move that tree. Every single day when I watch you and I see it, I love it. It's the best. I just hope my technical issues are gone now. I apologize for all of that because uh, it's going to be a lot worse if we have problems at 6 o'clock on TV. <laughs> you know what? Blame Cody. <laughs> nah. I'm going to go through every wire as soon as this is done and make sure yeah. we're set. Now, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks for sticking with it. All right, buddy. Take care. See you guys. Brody Brazil, NBC Sports California, A's pre and post game live. And hopefully soon, Sharks pre and post game live. Yeah, well, I, I'm hoping hockey comes back. When's the last Sharks game you went to? Oh, boy. Um, I missed the Penguins and Sharks this year. Uh, it was probably January or February, I want to say. I'd have to look at the schedule and pull well, it Well, nah, no, what game did we go to? Uh, we went to, like, one of the first ones of the year. Uh that was the beginning of the year, and we went to one of them quite early in the season. I've been 2019. To... Wait, the last the, when you, me, and uh, the great Amelia, who's now the voice of the Coliseum for the for the rest of the time. That was in 2019. I want to say I think it might have been, yeah, because I, I, so I went to a game after that. I had to have gone to a game and before COVID broke. I think I went to a game in like. I think I went to a couple games. I think I went to in January and February. You know, we did go to another game because then we went to a bar down in San Jose after. I do remember. And it was in 2020. So we did go to a game in 2020. Okay. When's the last bar Ray Fossey went to? 
<laughs> Hi, Ray. How are you, Tony? Uh, I, missed I, you. I missed you, buddy. I mean, the only thing I missed, I didn't miss baseball yesterday. I didn't watch any baseball. I played golf. I hung out. But I miss talking to you because we've been doing this every day. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I, I missed it also. I was just sitting around and saying, wait, it's time to talk to Tony. And then all of a sudden, you know, you said Wednesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And I thought, well, maybe he's going to call me on the off day. And uh, then, I, then I saw that, uh, who was it? You, you, uh, you talked about somebody. Uh, doing something, and you said, I'll be doing that tomorrow at 11.15. So I knew you were going to be on the golf course. So how you doing? How's Cody? Cody made it back safely? Yeah, Cody's back. Say hi, Cody. Hey, Ray, good to talk to you again. Uh, I did make it back safely. Long travel day yesterday, but I made it back, so I'm glad to be back. Well, glad you made it back safely and uh, in for the long, short haul and the final, final time, and let's get it going and, you know, Happy to be on board, so I'm glad things are working out. Ray, I didn't realize until right before the show that uh, the A's could actually clinch a playoff spot today because they're playing a double, I believe, right? San Diego and Seattle are playing a doubleheader? Uh, you know, I'd have to have Commander Cody look it up because I, I don't All I know is the A's are playing the Giants in the Battle of the Bay this weekend. And Cody, I'm sure, would be able to find out. But yeah, because uh, you know it's coming okay, down. No, the, the... No, they, they can't. They're not. They're not playing a doubleheader. I'm looking at it right now. But I believe if you know if the A's win and the Padres beat the Mariners, the playoff spot will be clinched tonight. Right. Right. That's good. That's good. But you know what? That playoff spot is not good. It's called the division. One in the division. That's uh, you know, and they still have a six-game lead over the Mariners or the uh, the Astros starting play tonight um and uh, listen that's what it's all about right there winning the division and uh, doing something that they should have done the last two years but unfortunately did not you win 97 games you should win the division they did not but uh this year they played well considering all the things that have happened and uh just keep it going i, I think the division is the thing they're shooting for more than anything and that's that's the biggest Biggest goal right now is to win the division straight out and then take it from there. Ray, how crazy is it to you when I say you traded Franklin Barreto for Tommy Listella? You know, it is crazy. I keep hearing you saying that, and I agree 100% because watching Tommy Listella, as we did when he's with the Angels, and, and I'll be honest with you, when the season started, the A's were playing the Angels, and uh, – Simmons got hurt, and, and Fletcher was having such a great, great series. He, he always does against the Athletics. And, yeah. and I, made, I made the comment that, you know, Fletcher's going to be in the lineup. And, and when, when uh, Rendon, who didn't play in that series, comes back, which he did, and then all of a sudden Simmons gets hurt, and I said, Fletcher's going to be in there. And then I said, Lestella's the odd man out. And, of course, Fletcher ended up playing shortstop when Simmons got hurt. Lestella played his second. But he's, he's a professional hitter. I mean, that's the biggest thing, his versatility. But his ability to put the ball in play is just phenomenal. And he's the DH tonight leading off. And I think Bob Melvin knows that on-base percentage is so important, getting somebody at the top. Marcus Simeon has done a great job in the leadoff spot. He's hitting second. But to have LaStella in the lineup leading off and seeing pitches, you know, as a hitter, you like to have – now, the A's have seen Webb, so they, they're familiar with him. But 
as many pitches as you can see as a leadoff hitter. And, you know, you look at George Springer. Springer's up there hacking from the first pitch. He gets a lot of leadoff home runs, gets a lot of first pitch fastballs, and usually he's swinging at them. But I think what Lestella does, I liken it to a person, a player who says, I don't care if I get two strikes. I'm going to see a lot of pitches. How many times have we seen where Tommy Lestella has been 0-2, and next thing you know, it's 3-2, and he's on base. Somehow, some way, he gets on base. That's an exceptional leadoff hitter, the kind you want. Granted, we're in the world of leadoff hitters with power and hitting the home runs, uh, but I, I think what Tom Lestella does uh, is great. I'm happy that he's got him. I'm happy the Angels traded him to a, a team within the division. I'm happy for Franklin Barreto that he gets a new lease on life, hopefully gets a chance to play, and, and maybe, uh, who knows? Uh, Joe Madden recently said, you know, we're trying – we're trying to get back in this thing because they're playing well. I don't think they will. But uh, Tommy Lucella has been a godsend for the athletics. And I uh, heard one of your callers uh, Wednesday night saying, hey, it'd be nice if they could re-sign him as a free agent. But, you know, somebody that valuable is going to be valuable to a lot of clubs. But I think the A's are seeing how valuable he is. And especially going into postseason, he's a perfect guy to have leading off, or at least in the lineup, knowing that he's going to give a quality at bat. He's going to give you a chance to see him on base. And anytime you're hitting behind him, you're thinking, wow, pitcher's out of the stretch and Tom Lucella's on base. I got a chance to drive in a run. And I think that's especially great, especially in postseason, Tony, when you know as well as I do, you're facing the best teams, you've got the best pitching staff. And if Tom Lucella can work a walk and work somehow, some way to get on base, he's setting the tone for the game. And I, I think he has been outstanding for the athletics and it's been great to have him. And, He's going to be great the final, uh, what, 10 games? And then going to postseason, let's go very deep into postseason. Ray, take us through what that is like when you and the pitcher are going up against a guy who you know he doesn't strike out. And because Tommy Lasella, <laughs> he doesn't strike out. I mean, that's the bottom line. How do you approach and, and attack a hitter like that? Tony, that's a great point. I'm glad you asked that because, you know, the one thing that you try to do as a pitcher-catcher, let's say you get 0-2. You're trying to get a hitter to chase. He doesn't chase. He doesn't swing a bad pitches. So really, it, it really is in the favor of Tommy Lestetta or any hitter who is not afraid to get on to will not chase pitches because that means the pitcher has to eventually throw a strike, whether it's 0-2 or eventually gets to 3-2. But ultimately, he's going to have to throw strikes. Tommy Lestetta has such a great eye. And, you know, kind of the way he falls across the plate or whatever, He's seeing the ball right to the last instant, right as it approaches home plate. And, and again, if you think and remember Wade Boggs playing at Fenway Park, remember how he used to just flick oh. foul balls into the stands to, to stay alive? And there's, there's a reason he wasn't batting championships. There's a reason he got over 3,000 hits. And a reason he was an outstanding hitter because he could recognize a pitch that was in, let's say, close to the strike and never wanted the umpire to make the decision for him. And I think that's what Tom and Lestella does. I remember when, when uh, uh, Wade Bob and uh, Don Mattingly were playing, and it was a 3-1 count, and, and uh, Boggs took it. And Mattingly said, why did you take that pitch? And he said, because I thought I could get a better one on 3-2. and two. You know, most, most guys would be swinging from their shoes 3-1, and one, figuring the guy, the pitcher doesn't want to walk him. But here's a discipline in it. I, I look at Tommy Lestella the same way, that he, first of all, I think he'd be a great 3-0 and oh, pitch hitter uh but more importantly as a pitcher catcher you realize he's not going to chase so why waste pitches which 
in the in the thought process of Tommy Listella, he knows that he's going to get good pitches to hit. And if he doesn't, he's going to take them. And eventually he's going to get a good pitch to hit. And I think that's why he's such a great two-strike hitter. And, Tony, to your point about getting him, uh, facing him, that's what you have to do. You have to look at him as somebody that's not going to chase pitches. To me, that is the biggest thing in the game today. And you knew for fact, Ray, that when, when Lamb came over from the D-backs, that he was just going <laughs> to step right in and, you know, five for 11, home run, two RBIs, three runs scored. He'd be a force right away. <laughs> sure, Tony. <laughs> you, you know, but I will say this, and how many guys who come to the athletics, and I remember Mike McFarland, a catcher, who's a great catcher, and he came to the athletics, and he said, I couldn't wait. If I had a chance to come to the athletics, I was going to jump at the opportunity. I think there are players who are on the other side watching the athletics, the way they have success, the way they approach the game, pitching, defense, offense, Bob Melvin at the top of the list, his staff. I think guys, when they get an opportunity, and, you know, Lamb was traded, or actually Lamb was a free agent. Other clubs, he could have signed with other clubs. It was Lestella who was traded, but – but you think about being a free agent and you have multiple clubs that want you and you'll say, I want to go to the Oakland Athletics. That says a lot about the A's team. And for, for uh, Jake Lamb to come to this team, it's almost like he's saying, well, Tori Lavella said it. If it had been a regular season, 162 games, they probably would not have let him go. But in a shortened season and the fact they lost 18 of 20, they said, well, we, you know, we try to get something or whatever, let him go and save some money. But uh, he has been outstanding for the athletics. He's a third tonight. He can DH. He can do a lot of different things. He's a left-handed bat, which I know you've said it many times. The A's need more of that, which now they have. A left-handed bat, actually two, in LaSella and with Jake Lamb. So it works for both of those guys to fit in with the A's perfectly. And I think if you look at the standings, I always joke about saying, well, they picked, a lot of, they picked up a lot of games from the standings. And you think about the Diamondbacks, and the Angels, where those two players were, they're saying, wow, I go for a team that's just playing out the season to a team that has a chance to win. Ultimately, ultimately, everybody wants the ring. I don't care what type of season it is, how much money you make. If you can end your career and say, I have a world championship ring, no matter what you've done, no matter how much you've made, that's going to stay with you as part of that winning championship team for a long time. And the A's are fortunate in the time they've been in Oakland to have four of those teams to win world championships. And it, it, it's the greatest feeling in the world to know they can never take away from you the fact you're a world champion. I think that's why players, when they have an opportunity to come to the athletics, they do it and they don't hesitate. They love it. And I think the case of Jake Lamb, he says it all because he had a chance to go any place he wanted to, or at least several clubs wanted him. He decided to come to the athletics. How many of those rings do you have? I uh, have two. Actually, two two playing, one broadcasting. So, yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't trade them for the world, man. It, it, it's the greatest feeling in the world. I mean, to put that thing on and say people say, matter of fact, I saw uh, fake Ray Fossey, you know, it's on Twitter, and, and thank God I have no idea who the person is. Uh, but uh, there there was one shot where I, I was talking and I had my hand up and they, they took a still off of the, the uh, television and there's this arrow pointing to my world championship ring. And I'm going, you know, not everybody can do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I, I'm happy. And, and when I got traded to the A's, and I've said it many, many times, I'm hitting fourth and catching in Cleveland. And I come to the A's, hitting eighth and catching. 
and couldn't be more proud of the opportunity to catch for the athletics, knowing that we had a chance to win and to get a world championship ring. There's nothing better than that. And remember, every season, there are only 25 players and there are other, you know, manager, coaches, trainers, et cetera, but only 25 players that are in that World Series, unless they're injuries, that get a world championship ring that can say they played the season, they got to the season end, they were the last team standing, they have a world championship ring. And, you know, you, know, you think of the great late uh, Ernie Banks, and, and uh, Billy Williams was traded the A's in 75, and we were so happy to play the Red Sox in the, in the league championship series, hoping that Billy Williams was going to be a part of another world championship and uh, he would finally get one because he never did with the Cubs and it didn't happen. But that's just what it says about, you know, Hall of Fame is great. Uh, money's great. World championships and rings. I would think that a lot of players would say, I don't care what I do. Give me a ring and I'll sacrifice everything else. If it ever comes out that fake Ray Fossey is really you, Absolutely That'll be not. one of the funniest uh, hey, things I've hey. ever heard of in my life. You can laugh all you want, but I swear to God, it's not me. If it were me, I would say it. First of all, I would never say some of the things that he says. But, uh, you know, I just I, I just laugh sometimes when I look at it. I say, thank God that's not me. I mean, because I would never. And I'm glad he prefaces it by saying fake, because I don't want people to think that some of the things that he says coming out of my mouth. And uh but, uh, no, it, it's definitely not me. And, and Tony, we're good enough friends, I would tell you. And I would tell you on your, for your great audience that fake Ray Fossey is not me. So, you know, enough said about that. I, I, listen, I've been trying to find out for the number of years that he's been there. People have tried to tell me, and somebody's listening right now and saying, ha, 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 it's me, and yep. I have no idea who it is. I have no idea who it is. I mean, we've but tried to figure out on Twitter who this is because it's somebody – who has access to the press yeah, box because yeah. they've taken pictures of you as you are broadcasting. And I remember once yeah. I think it was Roxy Bernstein, Dave Feldman sat down and they're like, maybe it's towns. And I'm like, there's no, like, really you think I do that? <laughs> uh, but it is somebody that has access to the press box. Who is the real fake Fosse? Uh The real fake Fosse. <laughs> I like that. But uh, yeah, there's uh, it, it, it boggles my mind, but I have no idea who it is. And, and, you know, uh, my wife, Carol, says, you know, why, why don't you get rid of that? I says, because you can't. I said, he, he says in his little thing, he says, I am not Ray Fossey. I'm not a two-time world champion and all that stuff. So he, he's up front and saying he's not me. And I say, thank God I, he says that because I don't want to be him or him or her. I, I, I you know, I, I, I don't want to say it's, it's just him. It could be, it could be anybody, but uh, definitely not me for sure. But you, you, you know, I, I would tell you, First and foremost, if it was me, but it is not me. It For sure, it is not me. So, um, you know, absolutely not. So your old teammate, Daryl Knowles, got brought up today in the MLB notes that in 1973, he pitched in all seven games of the World Series. That's right. uh, as, uh, but he, it was, he faced a lefty, one batter in game seven. He faced two batters in game one and game five and just three batters in game six. And the whole point of this was, you know, you're probably going to need, if you're having no days off in the division series and league championship series, you're probably going to need more than one closer. So Mm -hmm. if the A's need more than one closer, which is Liam Hendricks, I know he'd love to take the ball every day, but he can't. Who would, who would, who would you say, Ray, if you got to have a guy in the ninth inning, get you those crucial three outs, 
who would it be other than Liam Hendricks? I think the way Bob Melvin has been going with Joaquin Soria, who in his career has been a closer, and really it works out great. And I think that's what makes Bob Melvin so good because in these extra inning games, he's been able to use Joaquin Soria, let's say in the ninth or seventh. We haven't had a seventh inning, uh, a seven inning tie game yet. Uh, but in the ninth inning, he would have Soria pitch the ninth because Liam Hendricks is such a great strikeout pitcher. And, you know, we've talked about this that when you start with a runner at second base in the extra inning, the whole key is to advance that runner to third where he stands less than two outs or find a way to get him in. But you have somebody like Liam Hendricks this year who's been able to come in and be lights out and strike out three batters, and that runner's still at second base. He doesn't even move. And I think that's what makes Liam Hendricks so valuable. But I think Joaquin Soria in a closing situation would be someone because he's had that experience. But I think also um, – uh, Lutrovino, maybe, uh, Petit, maybe, but you know, Tally, let's not forget. We have seen guys who have tried to close out a ball game. They say, Oh, it's just like any other inning. No, it's not. But I think in the case of Liam Hendricks, let's say Liam goes in to close the game and Soria is still in the bullpen from Hendricks standpoint, he's got Soria to back him up. Typically when a closer goes in the game, there's not a pitcher who can follow him, who is equivalent to him as a closer and pitch in the ninth inning. The thing I like about Liam Hendricks is that he thrives on that pressure of being the closer. Uh, and then considering where he, how far he's come in 2018 when his DFA'd, and then he's starting the wild card game as an opener, and then last year he becomes the closer, and this year he's the closer. I mean, it's a remarkable turnaround for someone who basically anybody could have, who could have had in 2018, and here he is closing for the Athletics. And I don't know where the A's would have been uh, this year without him because he has just been outstanding. And the fact that he has such a good fastball and a wipeout slider curveball, uh, that curveball slider pitch that he throws, and if you notice a lot of times, and, and I'm not giving away any secrets, but his fastball is so good, but he, he holds that in reserve. So as a hitter, you're thinking, okay, I have to gear up for this 98 mile hour fastball, but if he drops the hammer and he throws that hard curve slider, I'm going to be swinging at a pitch in the dirt. And that's where the catchers that we've talked about, two young catchers in Murphy and Heim, are so good at blocking balls that he can throw that pitch knowing that they're going to block it more times than not. But he, he, he kind of picks his time when he's going to throw it. But uh, very rarely will you see him throw that wipeout slider curveball if a runner's at second base and nobody out in extra innings because if the ball gets away from the catcher, you know, he, he can advance the third. But I think that says so much about the ability of Liam Hendricks to rear back and just throw bullets, throw fastballs, and just uh, – uh, just he's been remarkable. And because I, I've caught Dennis Eckersley. I've seen him close games. I've caught Raleigh Fingers as a closer. As far as the, the, the dynamite fastball, those guys didn't have it. They had impeccable control. Liam Hendricks has the control – or he can just rear back and say, I'm going to throw you a 98 fastball. Here it comes. Try to hit it. And more times than not, they don't. But, but I, think, I think Liam has the type of arm, and he seems to pitch better in, out on the third day of three consecutive. So, you know, Bob Melvin might be able to say to him, one throw, let me see him. Tell me how you feel. Because I think that's the important thing. At one time, Tony, if, if a pitcher showed up, and let's say he had pitched three days in a row, and the manager might say, well, go out and throw. Let me Tell me how you feel. And then you know, the pitcher's going to be honest. But I think so much is dictated by how many times you've been up, how many times you've thrown, that say, no, he's not available. And, and I think when you get postseason, 
you better forget about all that stuff. If the guy can pitch and has a reputation for being good in closing games, I think he should pitch because once you're eliminated in October and you hope you're not, you hope the last team standing, even if you are the last team standing, you still have four to five months to rest that wonderful arm if you're a pitcher to get ready for the next spring. And I think that's more than enough time. Even in three months, I think it's got to be if you just shut it down and don't do anything. I mean, they had four months to shut it down. But in the case of Liam Hendricks, I think he continued to throw, and that's why he has come back in this period of time. Remember, he blew the save opening night against Jason Castro when he hit the home run. Should have been called out on the slider down and in. He, he, the umpire, whoever it was, called the ball, and then he hits a home run, and then the A's won it in the next inning on the walk-off grand slam by Olsen. That's the last one, and here we are on September the 18th, and he is yet to blow another save. And, you know, say, well, you know, get it out of the system. He got it out on opening day, opening night. He's done, you know. So I, I don't look at him being the type of pitcher uh, who, who's going to have any issues going in that ninth inning. He thrives on it. And, and for him to be to the point of being designated for assignment, that means you're done. And then to be where he is right now, Townie, I'd say he's got to be extremely happy and l- loving taking the baseball every time Bob Melvin says, let's go. Ray, there's going to be a tough decision in San Francisco with Buster Posey because he's not old, technically. He's 32 years old. He's sitting out the season. He, they adopted twins, so he, he you know, it's a great story, and, and he sits out the season. They bring up Joey Bart. He hasn't hit nearly like I think people thought he would, but he clearly is your future. And then Buster really hasn't put up offensive numbers uh, in the last few years. Uh, he's making a ton of money. How, how do you think? I mean, how, how do you think this thing plays out? You got you because ba- basically you have young versus the old, and what you do in the future. You know that's that's a that's a great point. Uh, you're right about Joey Bart, uh, very young catcher, and you know my feeling on a catcher if he handles a pitching staff then, you know, he's doing a good job. But see what the A's catchers and, and Jonah Heim and Sean Murphy are doing. They're doing the job in handling the pitchers. As rookies, now they're starting to hit, and that really makes them special. You know, when uh, a few years ago, uh, when uh, uh, Buster Posey missed about a half a season, when the kid Cousins uh, from Miami went out of line and hit him, and they changed the rule at that point, I thought that would have been a time – you know, to, to go to first base because he still was hitting, uh, but he wanted to catch and you can't, you can't fault him for that. I mean, uh, catching is a special, special position. I think if you have the ability to catch, which he does, he throws well, he blocks balls, he calls the game very well. Um, but I don't know if the hip issue that he had has affected his, I mean, he was a tremendous opposite field hitter. Uh, but, you know, money is a huge issue and, and I don't know what his option is. After 22, which I think is his final year, because he signed a very, very long-term deal, um, set him up, <laughs> everybody for life, I would assume. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it's a tough situation because, like you said, Bart is the future. But uh, is Brandon Bell a free agent after this year? No. Or one more? One more? Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, the, the ideal situation would be for, for Buster Posey to go to first base. And – you know, with, with his contract, I'm sure that not many are going to take him up because his home run power has gone down. Now, as a catcher, you don't look at the home run power as much as you do at first base. And that's why Tommy Lasorda said to his godson, Mike Piazza, you catch, 
There are a whole bunch of guys playing first base, going to hit a lot of home runs. You catch, and you're going to lead more than anybody. And basically, that's what happened. Mike Piazza wasn't a great catcher. Buster Posey can catch. He can throw. He can do the things that you want from a catcher. But, you know, I think everybody is looking for someone to be back there who has the potential to hit home runs, to drive in runs, and do that, to be the complete two-way player. Uh, I don't know that you're going to get that out of Buster Posey. I don't know. Uh, and, and, Tommy, I do know if you miss a whole season, that's a long time. A whole season, that's like 18 months between time that you have played. So he'll go back to, what, September of 2019, and let's say his first game is going to be April of 21. That is a long time to miss with the timing, and especially as you get older and you try to come back. And so, you know, it's a tough call for the Giants, especially since they have him under contract for one more year. And then uh, the decision time will be what they're going to do. Is he going to catch? Is Bart going to catch? See, with Bart, if you have a young catcher, you can't sit him on the bench. He's got to play. And so if they decide that Buster Posey is going to be the catcher, which I'm sure they will, that means more than likely Joy Bart uh, is going to go back to the minor league so he can get the experience of playing uh, baseball. And then when he comes back to the big leagues, he'll be playing catching every day or at least to be the everyday catcher. Ray, you are the best, my friend, and I will talk to you in A's Total Access. I look forward to it. You know, we've, we've got, just quickly before we go, we've got uh, Mike Piscotti, the ALS cure because of Gretchen. Uh, they're having a virtual uh, a, a virtual a wine tasting, beer tasting, the whole beverage thing for the weekend. So that's coming up before I meet with you again or talk to you again. So that's going to be an interesting little function I'm going to do uh, at about 5.15. So uh, I'm, I'm keeping my plate full, but the most important guy is you, my friend. You're doing a great job, Commander Cody. Glad to have him back in the, in the saddle. And let's take this thing all the way to the end, win the division, and go all the way to the end of postseason. That would be such a such a great, great thrill. Because you and I get to talk a lot then, wouldn't we? <laughs> oh, you kidding me? We're going to host a, a virtual parade together, Ray. <laughs> I love it. You're a good man, Townie. Thanks as always. The great Ray Fossey, two-time World Series champion, two-time Rawlings Gold Glove winner, and two-time All-Star. I just call him simply the face of the franchise. Coming up next, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, David Forrest, right here on A's Cast Live. COVID-19 is more than a health crisis. It's a financial crisis for many California families. In this moment, you shouldn't have to worry about keeping the lights on. That's why at PG&E, we want you to know about our programs to reduce bills for customers facing economic hardship, that we've suspended all disconnections because of non-payment, and we can help you save money by using less energy. To learn more, visit safetyactioncenter.pge.com. Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly, cookies and milk, Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. If that last one caught you off guard, it shouldn't, because Kaiser Permanente has been helping keep Oakland healthy since our very beginning. And as the official healthcare partner of the Oakland A's, that won't be changing anytime soon. Whatever you may need, you can trust Kaiser Permanente to help keep you feeling your best. Kaiser Permanente, thrive. Visit kp.org today. Right now, staying connected is more important than ever, and fast, reliable internet from Xfinity can help. We have plans to fit every budget, with speeds up to a gig, all at Xfinity.com. We'll ship you a self-install kit on us to make setup quick, safe, and easy. No tech visit required. And our simple digital tools will help you manage your account online. At Xfinity, we're committed to keeping you connected. 
Find great offers and value today at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. If you're looking for some beautiful outdoor dining, then look no further than the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. Come try the world-famous chicken pie dinner that has been served in Southern California for over 80 years and one of the most dynamic menus in Walnut Creek. The Chicken Pie Shop also has a full takeout menu and delivery. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. Don't forget, they can also deliver beer, wine, and spirits. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. Broadcasting from the town, A's Cast Live continues. Bounces one, and Fuentes is going to throw toward third. His throw is high, and now in a rundown is Kemp. And they're going to tag Marcus Simeon. He's out the throw to the plate, and Kemp is safe. Unbelievable. So Marcus Simeon was out as Marcus trying to get to third, so it was almost a disaster for the A's. That was the call of the game on Wednesday by Glenn Kuyper on NBC Sports California. For live streaming A's games, get the My Teams app by NBC Sports, plus tons of A's articles, features, videos, and more. Download My Teams by NBC Sports now, the app for the authentic A's fan. What channel was that on? That was on NBC Sports California. That would that was who we just had on was NBC Sports California analyst Ray Fossey, who will be on the broadcast tonight with Glenn Kuyper and Dallas, Dallas Braden as well. Who's doing the pregame show on NBC Sports California, A's pre- and post-game live? That would be the great Brody Brazil and Dave Stewart, as Stu tweeted out, that he's back in studio tonight with Brody. So that's who's going to be on pre- And Brody will be on NBC Sports California at his house Hopefully, the fake tree. Hopefully the technology works for him better than it did for us. I'm telling you right now, if that doesn't go off, that is your fault. All I, I asked him to that do. That is going to be your fault. They're going to be like having to send like an engineer out to his house and they're going to have to like figure this out. It's going to be like, well, Cody told me that we could do this. And it, because literally, folks, Google Meets will change your entire settings on your computer. I mean, that is just fact. I mean, the way Google Meets works, it's uh, it's unbelievable. All right, it's now time for the general manager show. David Force, your general manager of the Oakland Athletics, joins us here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. David, how are you? I'm good, Chris. How's everything going? Everything is going good. And uh, I don't know if this has ever happened. And when we talk about A's history, it obviously goes all the way back to Philadelphia and Kansas City. But I know in your career – 16 games in 13 days. Wow, you got to be proud of your guys. Without a doubt. I talked to Bob before uh, before the game Wednesday in Colorado about what a grind it has been and um, the travel, the double headers, the brutal air up in Seattle. Um, you know, there were there were a lot of things uh, that our guys had to work through and come away from that trip with a 500 record to, to sneak out that win the last day. In Colorado was huge, so I, I know everybody enjoyed the off day yesterday, but just a, a great effort by our whole group to get through that stretch. You know, I know the air quality was horrible, and a lot of people have questioned the decisions of Major League Baseball and whether they should have played or not, but then I also think about if you don't play that game, then you're talking about, what, three straight doubleheaders to end the season right before the playoffs start? That would have not been good. Yeah, no, that, that was an option. It was also also would have been an option to go back there 
on Thursday or, or yesterday to play the doubleheader instead. As we now know, the air wasn't that much better, so it's possible they would have had to come here for a doubleheader. I mean, it's tough. I mean, you don't want to when, – when guys' health is at risk, you don't want to, you know, think that just playing the games or scheduling is that important. Um, you know, MLB did the best they could that day with the information available, and, and obviously Seattle had not dealt with that before the way we had for a couple of weeks. So they weren't necessarily prepared. Um, so I, look, they learned from it. They obviously moved the rest of the Mariners games out of there for the rest of the week. Uh, and like I said, at the top, I'm just glad, I'm glad our guys were able to battle through it. Well, I think about what you just said and, and, and I believe it to be true. Major League Baseball is doing the best job they can. I mean, we're dealing with scenarios, you know, especially with the A's, I mean, whether it's social injustice, it's COVID-19, a hurricane may hit Houston, it's now air quality. I mean, you guys, mate, you're doing the best you can. I mean, this, this this is such uncharted territory for you guys. It's not like there's not like they said, here's the game plan for 2020. Good luck. <laughs> no, nobody had this game plan in mind. And, and look, I mean, our situation may pale in comparison to the Cardinals who missed two entire weeks. And had, they had to put together a schedule for those guys. They're still playing doubleheaders to, to you know, get, get out of that hole. So, um, yeah, again, you know, players' health has been important every step along the way. And uh, there, there's no great answer to some of these questions. And the fact, again, we're here, 10 games to go. does seem like almost everybody in the, in the game is going to get to that 60-game mark miraculously, you know, barring something the next week. So, uh, yeah, here we are. I don't know if you've ever run a marathon. Cody and I have never run one, and uh, we're never going to. But I got a feeling this is like the marathon where you finally look ahead and you can kind of see the crowd. You can kind of see the finish line. I think it's got to feel like that, far different from any season you've been involved with. Yeah, I, well, look, first of all, I'm with you and Cody. I, I'm not running any marathons. <laughs> I'm not, not much of a big runner. Um, so I don't know that feeling, but – yeah, we can see the finish line. It's, you know, it's a little ironic because this was a season that was supposed to be a sprint to, you know, to 60 games. And it is, it is felt more like, uh, more like a much longer season than all the ones that came before. But, um, but we can see the finish line. Obviously, uh, a number of things are going to change next week when, uh, when the protocols change for the postseason. We're, you know, we're going to go into a hotel while we're at home. Uh, families are going to have to go into quarantine in order to participate. There's a lot of there's a lot of new protocols coming in next week that our staff is now dealing with. So as much as we can see the finish line, there's there's still a ways to go to get to next Sunday. I'm so glad you said it. It's like I, I'm trying to explain it to people. I'm like, yeah, it's only 60 games, but it feels like I, and and I'm only broadcasting, right? I'm walking basically from my house into my garage where my home studio is, and I'm exhausted, and I'm thinking about how many pre- and post-game shows. I mean, I'm running out of things to say. I can't even imagine what it's like for these players. Yeah, well, they – I mean, you could see it a little bit in uh, in Colorado. They were they were gassed, and that's, like I said, why it was, it was great for them to push through, and fires come up huge with a six-inning start for us. Um, to get that win, but they, they were gassed. So I'm hoping, uh, hoping they all hit the juvenation machine yesterday a little bit and that we get the bats going here against the Giants this weekend. You know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned fires because I'm really bullish on him. And I, and, I, and I know you and Billy don't listen to the show, but I've been like, okay, Mike fires now as an A 
has a record of 26 and 8. Mike Fires in the games he starts, the A's are 38 and 14. You start talking about his winning percentage and your guy's winning percentage when he pitches. I mean, the numbers speak for itself how good he's been for you guys. No doubt. Yeah, he uh, he finds a way, and uh, and none, none more so than that that start on Wednesday. Kind of gutted out, pitching in a tough place, and um, yeah, but he has it since we made that trade back in August a couple of years ago, and kind of you know kind of late signing into a free agent contract in December following year. He just he goes out there every time you hand him the ball, and and you know like you said, the the record speaks for itself. Tommy Listella. I said this the other day on the post game show, and I mean no offense to anybody else, but wouldn't you say since he has come over, he has been your best player? He has, uh, no doubt about it. He's and considering the guys we've lost since he came over here, his presence has been so huge. And hitting one or two in the order, constantly setting the table, being able to go from second base to third base, um, he's been incredibly valuable and just. I mean, what's it been? It hasn't even been three weeks, I don't think. So, um, yeah, he's been huge. And then I think it's Jake Lamb. I mean, right now you're on a roll right now, David. Like everything <laughs> you're doing is – because let, let's be honest. When, when, when you're in this business long enough, how long you've been it, how long Billy Bean's been in it, I mean, you're talking about human beings. You're going to win some and you're going to lose some. Just right now as a front office, we'll get to Lamb in a second. You guys, You guys are making some moves and they're working. Yeah, I mean Tommy's Tommy's been great. Obviously, Miner throwing the the complete game shutout Monday. Mike's done a nice job. He'll get another start here coming up soon. So, yeah, you you know you make the moves with you hope you know the right information and the right process, and um, and then you got to plug in a human being, and you never know how it's going to translate. And guys guys don't all react the same to being traded or to come into a new place. I mean Tommy spent his entire um, you know not his you know oh, I'm sorry it was actually. Um, it was Jake who had spent his entire career with Arizona, but you know Tommy was with just a couple teams before he came here. But yeah, so when I talked to Jake, he you know he's been with Arizona his whole career. He's been designated, never gone through that before, and you just you don't know exactly how a guy's gonna respond. And, and you know when a guy like Jake comes in and makes an immediate impact, it certainly eases that transition. Yeah, he's only hitting 455 with a home run and a couple RPIs. It's just it just it really shows you how crazy this game is mentally like switch a guy to a new city switch a guy and and not even new i mean he's going to colorado to meet up with the a's put a new uniform on him hit the reset button this just shows what how crazy this game is mentally where you can take a guy who couldn't buy a hit and now he now you put him on your team david and he's hard to get out yeah he you look there's too much talent there uh and too much track record for him to uh, really have been the guy that, that Arizona had. He he now has as many hits with us as he had the entire season with the Diamondbacks. And, and maybe it is just something as, as simple as hitting the reset button. And he, he told me that, you know, there were five or six days he was out after I've been designated. He went and worked out a ton in Arizona, went and hit in the cage for hours just to try and work on his game. And then shows up in Seattle and he, he's got all zeros across the board, essentially. So it's it's a huge mental boost for some guys when that happens. So we've been talking in the post-game show, and I've been getting callers because obviously the first round, I mean, hopefully you clinch tonight. You win, Seattle loses, you'll clinch. And then, of, of course, the division then hosts the series at home. But when you start looking forward, 
you're going to need three starters. And then after that, well, I'll have a question after this, but how do you start evaluating who those three should be for the wild card series? Well, it's something we've talked about already for the last week, week and a half. I mean, you don't want to get too far ahead of your stuff, obviously. And, and Bob is, Bob is certainly not up for that conversation until we have some certainty. But you got to do your, you know, do your research and look at how guys have pitched over the last few weeks. And and uh, you know, we we will look at the matchups at some point, but we probably won't know. You know, once we get in, we won't know who we're playing until the last couple of days because that you know the, all those spots have kind of switched around a little bit. So, um, you know, we start the conversation, we start doing the research. You talk to Emo and Bob about how guys are handling their their last few starts, and like you said, you you need three starters for the wild card round, but uh, it very quickly turns back into a five man rotation if you're lucky enough to get through the wild card round. So nobody's really out of the mix. And I don't know how you feel. I love it because it's always kind of bugged me that we play one way for 162 games and then switch it for the playoffs because no other sport does that. And, and it's not like a football. They, you know, you play the season and all of a sudden you're going to play one. I mean, it's just, it's just, it drives me nuts. So, I mean, when you start looking at no days off for the ALDS and the ALCS, I, you, you're going to need, right, all hands on deck? Yeah, it's a different. It's a different animal for the bullpen too. I mean, we've seen how important bullpens have been in the postseason. You know, maybe going all the way back to the the Royals of 2014 and 15, where you know teams try to shorten a game to five innings and then go with a power bullpen. You're not going to be able to use guys five days in a row this postseason. And in, in other years, you always get that off day. Uh, but not only are you going to need a full complement of starters, you're you're going to have to manage your bullpen like you do during the season. Um, and you're right. It is. It, it turns into a little bit of a different game. I mean, you built one team for the for the long haul in the regular season, and then you kind of need to switch gears a little bit and, and have a different team for the postseason. That that may not be the case this year. Yeah, the whole. Well, I mean, the World Series will go back to standard because of television, but the ALDS and ALCS. It's not like Randy Johnson's not coming out of the bullpen or Madison Bumgarner for this. Right. I mean, this is, we're going to be playing basically standard baseball. Yeah. I think, I mean, look, you'll see with, with series on the line, whether it's game three of the the wild card round or game five, you're still going to see some crazy stuff where, you know, a starter wants to come back on one day rest and pitch out of the pen. Just, I mean, you may see some of that just because guys know what's on the line. And if you can get to the next round, you do whatever it takes. But in general, it's going to be a lot more like regular season games. You know, a lot of people are, are wondering, okay, you know, who's the game? Everybody wants to talk game one. And I've just given you uh, stats for Mike Fires. The other guy that I'm real bullish on, and I'm so happy for because everything that he went through and he's healthy, Chris Bassett, who's going for you tonight, who's 4-2 and two with a 2.92 ERA. I mean, he comes at you with arms and legs. He's like a prey mantis. I mean, and he's got just, he's got really good stuff. Just talk about the year that he has had for you guys. Well, I feel the same way you do. I'm, I'm incredibly happy for Chris and, and what he, you know, the rehab he went through, he spent some time in the minor leagues, you know, maybe he was going to be a reliever when he came back. Um, and he, he kind of pitched really well under the radar last season. I don't think many people, uh, outside of those who watch this team every day, had any idea how well he pitched last year. Um, but he has been—he's been our probably our most consistent guy from day one here. 
and uh, and absolutely, he's he's very much in that conversation. And the reality is, all six of our starters right now, including and I include Mike Miner in that, uh, all six of those guys are candidates to go out there in a playoff game, and hopefully, that's the kind of deep deep rotation that makes a difference. When you talk about the rotation, how much does it factor in guys that you know can come out of the bullpen and be comfortable versus guys? You know, if they had to come out of the bullpen, they'd be a disaster. I'm not sure that with a 28-man roster, that's as big a deal. To be honest, I mean, we're going to have we're going to have the same deep bullpen we have now. I mean, if you're, you know, previous years you're in the postseason with 25 guys, you you may think about who who your uh, your starters are that can pitch out of the pen versus not. But with a you know 28 28 guys, either 14 or 15 pitchers. Um, you're probably going to, you know, you're going to need the starters. You're going to figure everybody can, can mix in somehow. And, uh, and heck, in a three-game series, you might see a tandem out there for, for one of those games to get two starters. And you, I don't know. So, um, again, yeah, historically, we've talked a lot about, you know, there are some starters here who we didn't think could adapt well, but this is a, this is a little different group. So we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. Let's end on this. How big was the day off yesterday? And then how big will the day off be on Monday for your guys? For sure. Huge. I mean, yeah, we spent, we spent so much time talking about that grind and what they went through. And uh, I know, I know coming home on that flight Wednesday night, they all couldn't wait to, to sleep all day yesterday. And then, you know, put in three good days of work here and get another day off Monday. Cause like I mentioned, you know, some, some things are changing Tuesday. We're, we're, we're testing every day. We're in hotels. When we come back from that LA trip, our guys have to be in a hotel here in Bay area. They can't, they can't go back to their own residences. So part of the, part of the MLB protocol change, they're going to be in a hotel basically as long as they're still playing. So um, that day off Monday is going to be kind of their last, their last breath before things get real. Wow. Unbelievable. David, once again, you guys are doing a great job. I mean, everything that that you've been through, that Bob's been through, and the, and, and the players, and just, you know, hanging in there and, and getting through this so far, uh, what a job you guys have really done. You guys should be very proud of your work. I appreciate it, Chris, and we are uh, we're holding our breath here for a, a fun weekend against the Giants, see if we can't uh, take care of some business. Great stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. See ya. The David Force Show right here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. I got to tell you, Cody. I mean, that's some just, I mean, that's real. I mean, like when he says that, I just, as I sit here with my wife and my kids at my house, I mean, they're, they're, they're going into that bubble that I know Brody called it a soft bubble, I don't know. I, I You may know, Cody, I don't know the difference between the NBA and the NHL, their bubbles versus what baseball, but it sounds like baseball is now you're going to go into a hotel without anybody. I don't have, you know, and I, I'm, we'll make, I didn't want to get into this this week. We'll do it next week, knowing kind of what was coming down. Cause I think they're still kind of in negotiations about how family and kids are going to work. So I didn't want to get into that. We'll get into that next week because I think we'll have more information on that. I think that is actually still being negotiated. But yeah, you're about to you're about to go into a bubble. You're about to say bye bye, everybody. We're going to a hotel, and uh, we'll see you once we're done. Yeah, it's it's interesting because the NBA and obviously they're in Orlando, 
And from what I've seen, and I could be wrong, I think the NBA has family there because I remember seeing people tweet out pictures of families being there, but they're not actually at the games. But you can have people, I think, in your bubble. There was a player that got thrown out for having a player, a, a guest in his hotel room that wasn't a part of the list. It was a guy from the Rockets. Um, what? There, someone actually imported somebody into their bubble? Yeah, it's, it sounded like what happened. So that was that was a big no-no. He got thrown out of the bubble from the Rockets. And then the NHL, you know, they have they had two cities that did in Toronto and Edmonton and Edmonton's actually hosting the Stanley Cup, so that actually that'll be starting tomorrow. But I don't know what the NHL's protocol is on on family members. But baseball is going to be interesting when they start when you start getting more details on how they're going to handle it. But I I I like the idea of when you if you're going to put some fans in a ballpark and it kind of it kind of stinks if you're the team like the A's who make it to the World Series, you're not going to be able to have fans at the Coliseum. But if you're baseball and you're trying to showcase the brand new stadium of Major League Baseball, I'm glad that Texas is going to have that that opportunity because not everyone watches. I'm sorry, no one, not everyone watches the Rangers play. So to get to see the showcase that new ballpark they have built with some fans in there, if they do that, will be cool. And the idea of playing in LA and San Diego, where you're going to have no problems with weather for any of the uh, AL for any of the AL teams, um, I think that's a smart idea. And then same thing with the NL, with you're playing in two stadiums in the in Texas and Houston, so. Kudos to Major League Baseball for setting that part up where you're not to worry, ever worry about snow or rain or anything postseason. Because, like I said, I went to De- two days before I flew to Denver, it was like 100 degrees. The next day it snowed. So you never know what's going to happen with different places. The East Coast, that happens all the time with 100 degrees and it snows. So uh, kudos to getting it done in a bubble. Yeah. Just getting it done. And it's smart to, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of fair for everybody to, hey, let's all go to Texas for the World Series, neutral site. I say it's a neutral site because your Texas Rangers will not be in it. Uh, to have a neutral site and to get her done. And the fact that Major League Baseball is basically adapting on the fly is just, it's been very smart. Were they going to get everything right? Of course not. There's no playbook. Nobody has had a playbook. Everybody can point all the fingers they want at everybody. But there's been no playbook in the world how to deal with this. That's fact. And everybody in the world has had to deal with this. Some more than others, but everybody's had to deal with it. And the fact that you're trying to run a business... During this time, and the business of baseball, the business of the NBA, whether you have a small business, whether you have a huge business, you know, it's, it's, I got friends down here in tech where they haven't missed a beat. My buddy works for Amazon. Amazon wasn't built to do this. And what I mean by this is deliver this much. More people are ordering online than ever before. They've had a hard time keeping up. (laughs) I mean, no one had a game plan on how to deal with this. So, and baseball, you're trying to get through this and keep the guys healthy. And keep people safe. Now you get into the tough part about, okay, I don't know how I would feel about it. I'm older now. I'm not that old, but I'm older now. And when you have a young family, I guess that'd be different. 
like if I was to go away, like if I said to my family, hey, because I mean, I've done long trips. I mean, we've done long trips. We've done long trips to Japan twice. That was what, like nine days? Uh, when I was with the Raiders in London, that was a long trip. That was over a week. So if you said, hey, we're gonna, you're, you're going to leave for a month, could I do that now? Oh, yeah, it'd be no problem. I mean, I, I mean, now the fact that we, we can do stuff like Ring Central or Google Meets or Zoom and you can see your family. Because in 2012, when we were in Japan, you know, now I was just talking to my kids on the phone. Now you can see everybody. So, yes, I could easily do that. If you said, hey, now I'm they're not including me in the bubble. But if I was to be included in the bubble, like go to Los Angeles or San Diego, wherever it's going to be, I mean, I could eat and then go to the World Series. I could easily do that. But I could see these young guys when you have babies and you have young families that that would be really tough. But. And who knows what the end game is? You know, baseball may have the one luxury that they get through this and then they've got time just to go away. They go away and they've recently put out the spring training schedule. So you're going to have the end of October, November, December, January. You're going to have that time to sit back and just see What are we talking about treatments? What are we talking about vaccines? What are we, you know, you've got to wear like the NBA and hockey. They're going to have to start their seasons at some point. And I doubt, and as Brody Brazil said, because we asked Brody, because who does he do Sharks pre and post game for? NBC Sports California. You can't tell these guys they got to go back into a bubble. You can't say you now you're going to do a full season in a bubble. Remember, they had played the majority of their season. This was just finish up some games to get it going to the postseason. This is where baseball will have a luxury if they're able to get through this. They can sit back and they have time to wait. And you even have time to push back spring training. You have the option to not even do spring training and not even start games till April. It gives a lot of time for the science to take effect. Remember how they told us how important those uh, those games were in the NFL that didn't count? Got to have preseason. All the coaches say you got to have preseason. Oh, you got to be able to implement the game plan. You got to work with the backups. You got to find out who you're going to have, who you're going to cut, who you're going to keep. Remember all that bogus they told us about preseason in the National Football League? that they also charge you full boat for as a season ticket holder. They charge you for two games. So they charge you full price for tickets, parking, food, merchandise, beverages. Oh, they got to have those games, right? Uh, is the is the NFL playing right now, Cody? Uh, yeah, they are actually. They have some games going here and there. They're on week two. Uh, did they play preseason? They, they did not. And, uh, huh. Didn't play preseason, and there were fans at the game last night between the Bengals and uh, Browns because in the state of Ohio, you're allowed to have fans. 
I forget what the max capacity is, but they had fans at the game last night, and Joe Burrow didn't look like he needed a uh, preseason the way he played, but that's not the point. I, I get the point you're making where the NFL, they're having fans at their games, and it's only week two. So you can't tell the NHL and NBA that they're going to play in a bubble and the NFL is playing games with fans in the stands. In oh, yeah, hey, I watched Notre Dame football. I watched Florida State, fans in the stands. You know, a college football coach, there was a quote, and I can't remember the college football writer from The Athletic. So there was a college football coach from a California Pac-12 team who obviously is connected to other coaches in the country. And now that the Big Ten is going to play football, this Pac-12 coach said to this college writer for The Athletic, you have no idea. Out West here, it's like we're in a completely different world. A complete, and you just experienced that in Pennsylvania. Hopefully that will be a good thing. Coming up next, our old friend Marty Lurie is going to join us to talk a little bit about the A's and the Giants right here on A's Cast Live. COVID-19 is more than a health crisis. It's a financial crisis for many California families. In this moment, you shouldn't have to worry about keeping the lights on. That's why at PG&E, we want you to know about our programs to reduce bills for customers facing economic hardship, that we've suspended all disconnections because of non-payment, and we can help you save money by using less energy. To learn more, visit safetyactioncenter.pge.com. Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly, cookies and milk, Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. If that last one caught you off guard, it shouldn't, because Kaiser Permanente has been helping keep Oakland healthy since our very beginning. And as the official healthcare partner of the Oakland A's, that won't be changing anytime soon. Whatever you may need, you can trust Kaiser Permanente to help keep you feeling your best. Kaiser Permanente, thrive. Visit kp.org today. This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. If you're looking for some beautiful outdoor dining, then look no further than the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. Come try the world-famous chicken pie dinner that has been served in Southern California for over 80 years and one of the most dynamic menus in Walnut Creek. The Chicken Pie Shop also has a full takeout menu and delivery. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. Don't forget, they can also deliver beer, wine, and spirits. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. You don't need to understand how available adaptive variable suspension works or how pre-collision cameras detect pedestrians in low light. You don't need to understand any of the craft that went into the Lexus ES to feel it. With outstanding connectivity and standard Lexus Safety System Plus 2.0, experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. LSS Plus 2.0 and the pre-collision system with pedestrian detection are not a substitute for safe and attentive driving practices. See owner's manual for additional limitations and details. This is Chris Townsend. If you're looking for a new mattress, look no further than my friends at nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. You'll get the ultimate mattress for your needs. And green and gold fans, right now, if you use the coupon code Oakland, you'll get 10% off your entire order. That's use the coupon Oakland to get an entire 10% off your order. Remember, nestbedding.com, America's favorite online mattress brand with stores around the Bay Area and around the country. You need a new mattress? You go to nestbedding.com. Hi, I'm Kathy Adams, president of the Oakland African American Chamber of Commerce. As the impact of COVID-19 grows, OAACC believes it is important that the African American community hears directly from us in regards to mitigation efforts you may enact it to reduce the risk 
to your family and loved ones. Recent data reveals African-Americans are dying from COVID-19 at disproportionate rates than other groups. Experts cite diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and lung disease as factors. It is imperative that we institute safeguard measures listed on the OAACC website. We will be conducting virtual forums with African-American experts sharing how we must conduct ourselves during this pandemic. OAACC has taken up the mantle to be caretakers for our community. Visit us at OAACC.org. Now back to Ace Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. It is Ace Cast Live. Are we calling or is the great Marty Lurie calling us? I'm going to call Marty here in a second. I'm looking forward to the A's being able to clinch the playoff berth. We could be talking about that tonight. Padres take care of the Mariners. A's take care of the Giants. And we're talking about the A's being in the playoffs again. And then over the weekend, hopefully clinch the division. Hey, Chris. Marty, how are you? All right, buddy. How are you? I, I, I am doing well. You know, we've been talking about uh, today. I mean, I, I mean, if there is a baseball historian in my life, nobody is better <laughs> than you uh, looking at the history of baseball. Man, we, where, where do you compare this season with everything that's gone on to, to all the other seasons you've researched in the history of this game? Well, there's never been anything like this. I mean, as close as it might have come back in 1918 during World War One when they tried to shut the season down in July and negotiated to at least get it to go to September. Maybe the only thing close, uh, the war years of 43, 44, 45, when they didn't have the equipment, didn't have the players, had an outfielder with one arm playing and that kind of stuff. But there's nothing like this one that started in July uh, with pitchers having to go through two spring trainings and uh, the alternative sites and going back and forth and trying to get 60 games in with the threat of COVID hanging over you every single day. Uh, there's been nothing like it. And I say this and would love to talk about it even more. Baseball has done an amazing job. The players have done an amazing job. Amazing. Uh, there's no fans, but they go at these games like there's 40,000 people watching. We've got a pennant race. Uh, the playoffs look like they're going to be very exciting. Uh, baseball's gotten it together and they've pulled it off. And I think the country needed it. I know I needed it. And I think uh, I congratulate baseball for getting it done. But there's been nothing, nothing in the modern history of baseball. If you want to go back to the 1800s, you can find something. But nothing in the modern history that compares with this. You know, I'm so glad you said that because it really bothers me when some people go, oh, there should be an asterisk and you know, this season yeah. should count. I'm like, this is going to be one of the toughest World Series in the history of baseball, if not the toughest to ever win, you're now going to be put into a tournament-like setting. There's more teams. Everybody's got a puncher's chance. You're still going to be battling a pandemic. Uh, you're still going to be right now. You're going to be in a bubble, which no one's ever been before. Whoever comes mm -hmm. out on top of this thing, I'm going to have so much respect for. Absolutely. They deserve it. And it's going to take a lot of pitching. 
And, uh, you know, you're going to need your frontline guys, but those frontline guys are going to need 12 people behind them. And it, you're right. It, it's being separated from your family and going through a whole month of, of pressure baseball like that. Bullpens coming in, closers, people being tired. Uh, who knows what the pitching is going to look like. Chris, we've got home runs going out of the park like golf balls. Looks like the U.S. Open, the way they're going out. So who knows what it's going to be like? Texas is not a home run park. So for the National League, they're going to play down there uh, where the Rangers play. Of course, if you get your games in Houston, the ball's going to fly. Then again, you got games in L.A. and San Diego. And you know what San Diego weather can be like at night where the ball doesn't doesn't fly. So who knows what this is going to turn into? It, it's It's going to be amazing. And I agree with you 100%. Whoever makes it through this thing, yes, you have won a World Series and you deserve it. You know, that's, you know, I, I start thinking about, you know, the neutral sites, especially for the American League teams and for the A's. And obviously, you know, the A's, if they can get past this wild card series, you go down to Dodger Stadium, you go down to Peco Park. These are pitchers' ballparks. This is exactly what the A's are suited for. Well, they've got to get the pitching. The problem is that there are teams that are kind of limping in right now. There's so many doubleheaders going on, I've lost track. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can't even tell you who's in second place or third place. Just wake me up uh, September 27th when I do my last show, and we'll figure out where everything is at that point. But look, the A's are in the same boat as a lot of teams. And that is the starting pitching is kind of, you know, just sort of limping in a little bit. And they, we've still got the whole month of October to go. So which pitchers will stand up and be able to give you those kind of starts? There's no days off now in the playoffs. So now you're going to have to have your full staff. And it's going to take a full staff to win it. And the A's are in a position like many teams where what is Lizardo going to do as a kid doing uh, getting in here? Montas, Manaya, Chris Bassett's the best pitcher they got now. And they've got the closer, Hendricks, who's got to get it done. This is not going to be simple. You could end up playing Cleveland and have Shane Bieber in the three-game series and Carrasco. And all of a sudden, Cleveland, who's lost so many, can come out and shut you out, and you're out of here in three games. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, if you're able to get past that, uh, Marty, I like the fact that we'll actually be playing baseball the way it's meant to be played. I, I – I don't want to act old school, but I don't like the fact that, you know, you play one way for 162 and then all of a sudden you're, you're doing what you're, you got all these days off for, for TV, which helps teams that don't have as much starting pitching. How do you like the fact in the uh, division series and championship series, there's going to be no days off. I like it. It's different. You know, baseball makes the rules. I always say, uh, you know, the, the tough part is getting there. That, that's the grind. And when you get there, the party starts, but the rules are made by baseball. It's like miniature golf. You got to hit the ball through the, uh, the elephant's nose and then uh, through the alligator. And, uh, you know, baseball can do anything. And they've done it. They've made a three-game series. Uh, there's no days off. It's kind of like the World Series in the 50s. The Yankees and Dodgers would play back-to-back. And, you know, they didn't need days off in those days. So it's going to be different. That's why I say pitching. Pitching, pitching, pitching is going to be the story. It's middle relief pitching, and it's going to be uh, a staff that's deep that's going to get you through. It's not like the old days where you could have Verlander go one and five 
on, on normal rest and, and knock you out. Uh, it's not going to be like that. So this is going to be interesting. You know, the last time we saw the Giants, Marty, and of course, Marty uh, on KMBR 680, the flagship station for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Marty, last time it was a wild series. Like the A's came back from five runs. They came back from three runs. It, it was, it was wild. And we thought the Giants at that point were, you know, what are the Giants? They're rebuilding, you know, they play for draft picks. And all of a sudden they're still in this thing. Oh. Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, I would assume if they take care of business with with everybody playing so many games in the Central and the East, somebody's got to win and lose every day. And a lot of them are double headers that you split. So the losses are going to pile up. Uh, the Giants are in very good shape here if they win their games. And that's what it's going to take. They're going to have to win games. So these three are critical. And, uh, you know, we went through that series last time and said, can lightning strike again? Yes, it can. It struck again two days in a row with the, with the big comebacks. So we'll see what the bullpens look like. You know, Giants bullpen is still shaky. Uh, and that's always going to be a problem for them as they go through the, this last week. But Colorado's got the Dodgers. And the Dodgers uh, wallop them all the time. The Dodgers beat them about 80% of the time. By the time Colorado gets here on Monday, Colorado may be finished. And if that's the case, they may be looking for golf times as opposed <laughs> to getting ready to, you know, to play hard baseball against the Giants. The Padres, by the time they get here, the Dodgers will have knocked them out. And the Padres really are going to end up in second place and probably the second best record, uh, well, actually the best record of the second place teams. So they won't have a lot to play for when they get here on the doubleheader for Friday for the Giants. They're going to be setting up their pitching for next week. And we've seen that before. So crazily enough, in these 11 games that look really, really tough for the Giants, it may not be quite as bad if the Giants play good baseball because the teams coming in may not have that incentive that they had about a week ago. And I think that's something to watch as the week goes on. But bottom line, the Giants have to win games. 30 and 30 will get them in. Anything less than 500 probably will not get them in. And uh, they, they're right now 25 and 24. So they've got to go, what, five, what, five and six uh, over the next uh, 11. And they're, prob they're probably capable of doing that. Mike Yastrzemski's had a fantastic year. What, 33 RBIs, 37 runs scored. But he hurt his calf. And I hearing this correctly, he, he's going, his calf's so bad he had to have an MRI? Well, he did have an MRI. They give you an MRI if you sneeze too hard now, you know, to see what's wrong with you. So that, that's no big deal. But uh, he's going to be out, sounds like, the rest of the season. Uh, it doesn't sound, they say day to day, but uh, it sounds like the rest of the season he's a number three hitter. Look, it's like Matt Chapman, you know, losing him. And we've seen Lamb before, I'll tell you that, uh, you know. He couldn't hit a lick with Arizona, so we'll see what he does in this in this series uh, for the A's. But, you know, losing Yastrzemski is huge, and it's like the A's losing Chapman. But Yastrzemski really was the glue of the lineup because when he hit 30 at first, when they, when they got in a position with two strikes, it was uncanny how this guy got it done. And of the top five MVP candidates in the National League, I'd say he's probably maybe three or four. 
Yeah, I mean, his year, you, you just, you can't deny it. He's had a fantastic year. And, you know, I know i know you developed a close relationship with Bruce Bochy. We got a chance to talk with Gabe Kapler. I used to have him on my talk show all the time when he was on Fox, but got a chance to talk with him down at the winter meetings. He's obviously a very bright guy. What has this transition been like for this franchise? You know, because obviously we're talking about polar opposites, or maybe they have some similarities. I don't know. But what is it like going from Bochi to Kapler? Uh, it's like the North Pole to the South Pole. Uh, it's polar opposites is putting it mildly. Uh, the Horace Stoneham age is, is gone. The Brian Sabian age is gone. Uh, these are relics now. Uh, the Giants are completely different. Uh, they've got a new hitting approach, a pitching approach. Uh, Kapler's attitude is different. Uh, this is a completely different situation with Barhan and Kapler and Scott Harris and everybody else. There, it's nothing, nothing like what we had before with Brian Sabian and Bruce Bochy and Dave Rigetti and the rest of them. So this is completely different. Uh, they're pulling it off. They're playing the games uh, like the seventh game of the World Series. They've got a nice platoon going here and there. Uh, the starting pitching has been pretty good. He's gotten away with the bullpen. But it's been the offense that comes back, and that's really what's carried them. So it, it's a totally different situation now. And, uh, and they, they pulled it off. They pulled it off. And uh, they did it probably a year early. And if we're lucky enough to have fans next year going to games, for the Giants, uh, they've created a, a whole new fan base of watching this team because uh, it really is amazing to see it. And But comparing Kapler and Bochy is like comparing you and, let's see, uh, Robert Vaughn. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 there's a dilemma that's going to be – He's not listening, I'm sure, right? <laughs> okay. I love Robert. Uh, there is a How about Rich Herrera. I'll give you Rich Herrera. That would be better. the great Rich Herrera. Uh, <laughs> there's a dilemma that they're going to have, and, and and they just dealt with kind of one with Mass and Baumgartner, and now they're going to have to deal with it with Buster Posey. You finally have Bart the shot. How, how do you think they deal with Buster Posey going forward? Buster Posey's the catcher. Uh, look, Bart is a project as a catcher. There's no doubt about it. He can't get through one inning without somebody shaking him off and, you know, going out to the mound and all that. So it, it's been a learning process for Bart. He's going to hit. I mean, the guy, once the, once he gets the loft in that swing, the guy's going to hit 25 home runs. He's going to crush the ball. I see that coming. You know, he, this is his first shot at big league baseball. But running the game and, and handling the pitching staff, he, he's got a long way to go. So if we have a DH next year, uh, it'll really benefit the Giants. And I think uh, Posey, they'll welcome him back with open arms, open arms. They'll pick him up in a limousine. They'll use Ken Korak's limousine to pick him up and bring him to the ballpark because they, they need Posey back. Marty, let's end on this. As I said, I, I don't know anybody who loves this game and knows more about this game than you do. What 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 does baseball being back and being played every night meant to you? Oh, it's been great. It got us through look, this has been the twenty twenty can end soon enough. It's the Jewish New Year starting tonight, and we wish for a happy, sweet year is what it's all about. That it'd be better than last year and that we that we all be healthy and safe and and uh, 2020 has been miserable. We lost one of the great, great, great Supreme Court justices today at Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I'm, I'm sick about it. Uh, 
every day I wake up and say, can it get any crazier? And it does. So baseball brought us back in the summer. It gave us our story. It gave us our game to look forward to every night. It brought back some normalcy to America. And I, I, I tell you this, and when we started, I'll say it again. Baseball has done a great job. The players have done a great job. The announcers have been unbelievable to do games while the team is on the road. Charlie Steiner is calling games from his living room. Uh, It's unbelievable what the people in baseball have done. And I think it means a tremendous amount to the country and to every baseball fan and to me. And I know I would have had a tough time getting this far through the summer without it. You are the best, Marty. Have some good broadcasts over the weekend, and then uh, we'll be calling you to talk postseason baseball soon. All right, Chris. You do a great job. Thank you. The great Marty Lurie. I'm telling you, nobody knows more baseball than that guy. Nobody. He can go. He's got all the history on the Pacific Coast League, the Negro League. I mean, he's got this guy. Uh, and, and what I, you know, he knows all about my grandfather, which is so cool. I love Marty Lurie. He is the best. All right. We, we, uh, I forget. I'm like out of whack. We haven't done this show in so long. What are we doing here? Uh, we still got 10 minutes, uh, left. We're going to play David Forst, the newest David Forst show. I already uploaded it, uh, between our show and A's total access. Uh, I did do some buying or selling. If you want to get to that, or if there's anything well, you want. Well, then let's get to it. Okay. It's time for Buying or Selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. So this is going to be a uh, off-the-cuff kind of one right now because of something that Marty said. Um, I don't have to go through a whole thing. Buying or Selling, the Giants will welcome back Buster Posey with welcome arms in 2021. Well, don't they have to? I mean, I got to buy that because of the contract. Yes, and he's, he's unless you're going to buy him out. I mean, he's making like twenty-one million or twenty-two million or something like that. Yeah, and so I have that's to... off the cuff, uh, which scares me when you say off the cuff. I, I know he's making twenty plus, so I don't think they're going to buy him out and say bye bye. A, a great question will be when the contract's up. What do you do? What are you going to do with him? You going to re-sign him? Will he be somebody that even wants to go play for another organization? You know, that's kind of the that'll be the time. You know, because they said bye bye to Madison Bumgarner, so obviously this front off this front office under Farhan is not afraid. Oh, it's more money than I thought. Does he have a buyout in his in his contract? I didn't. So look. Next year, it's it's just over twenty two million. And then 2022, when he's 35, it's 22 million exactly with a three million dollar buyout. That's when you can see the buyout probably happening when he's 35. Yeah. And you throw him, uh, you throw him. It's Buster Posey Day. Here's three million. Thanks for everything. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. You mentioned how they they had no problem moving on from Madison Bumgarner. They moved on from Pablo Sandoval for like the eighth time, and they moved on from Hunter Pence for like the fourth time. Um, so I could see them totally moving on from him, and then you got to worry about Crawford and Belt. But uh, Marty's right. I've been when I watch Giants games and I see uh, uh, Joey Bart behind the plate, he gets shaken off a lot. And the Giants have a lot of catchers' interference 
if it's on him, it's uh, Tyler Heineman had a bunch of them. Uh, so they've had a lot of issues. But Posey can help, I think, Bart going forward. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. The other one that uh, Marty mentioned that I was going to ask you, buying or selling. Buying you are or off the cuff again? Buying or selling. Mike Yastrzemski's loss in the lineup is just as, mu as, as powerful as Matt Chapman. I'm selling. And you want to know why I'm selling? Defense? That's what I was looking at. Uh, Yaz has been better offensively. Yeah, he has. I mean, he has. And it's not close. He has a pretty good war. He was he was leading baseball in war at one point. That's how I, good of a year he was having. Baby Yaz is a legit National League MVP candidate. Would you say Matt Chapman is a legit American League MVP candidate? Not now. I mean, we got some other guys that are uh, bursting, uh, running away with it potentially, and one of them I'll get to here at the, with the next question. But uh, with the way Jose Abreu is playing right now, they said if uh, – I was watching Intentional Talk earlier. They said what if this was a 162-game season, he would have – he's on pace for 165 RBIs. That would be the most since Manny Ramirez had that many in 1999. Uh, Jose Abreu is having a, a really good year for the playoff clinch Chicago White Sox on the – where? Uh, north, east, west, or south? South side of Chicago. Southsiders. <laughs> so, it, it's it's. I think Abreu's there. Luke Voigt's there, and there's a couple other guys that are there. So speaking of okay, Luke so, Voigt, so, so if anybody's gonna get mad at me, all right. Chapman's WAR is one point one. Baby has is two point two. Matt Chapman has ten home runs. Baby Yaz has nine, but. We get into other numbers. OPS, Matt Chapman, 812. Uh, Yaz, 944. Uh, Matt Chapman, third, uh, 22 runs scored. Mike Yastrzemski has... 37, I think. 37. How about RBIs? Baby Yaz has 33. Matt Chapman has 35. I mean, you go down the line. Baby Yaz, OPS 157, Matt Chapman 120. I mean, he basically beats him in every category, except Chapman has one more home run. Yeah, Yaz has been great for the Giants, and that's a great find. Literally off the uh, the garbage heap for Farhan and, and Scott Harris, the GM from uh, Baltimore. Just another guy the Orioles let go, and he's had a better year, you know, year going forward. Kind of like Jake Arrieta a few years ago with them as well. So the Yankees. Have uh, woken up. This is going into today. Over a week ago, they were 21 and 21. We we're talking about the Orioles taking over the second spot or even the third spot in the AL East. I know. I know. Well, since then, they're 8 0 versus the Blue Jays. They hit 19 home runs in three games. The last team to do that, I mentioned earlier, was the Twins in 1963 when they hit four homers or hit 17 homers in four games. The Yankees became the first team to homer at least six times in three straight games. They were also the seventh team to hit five homers in an inning. And they were all off Chase Anderson of the Blue Jays. Now, Luke Voigt has 20 home runs. That's the most in Major League Baseball. He was another guy that they got pretty much for nothing from Saint, from the St. Louis Cardinals. I think it was Gio. It was one of their one of the guys in their bullpen. But he's been great. He joined Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle as the only Yankees to hit at least 20 homers in the team's first 50 games of a season. Babe Ruth did it three times. If there were 162 games, Luke Voigt would be on pace to hit 63 home runs, breaking Roger Maris's team record of 61. Buying or selling Luke Voigt would be the Yankees' single-season home run king. <laughs> uh, 
God. Selling. It he's makes, been a great pickup. I mean, he's been phenomenal for them. It makes you think of that, that line from Seinfeld. Gehrig, Ruth, Mantle, Costanza. Now you think of now you think of the guys going to the Yankees citizens like Voigt. People are gonna be like, who the hell's Luke Voigt? But he's been great for them. You're right. Yeah. So you know, how's 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 uh how's Stanton and uh Judge been for him? Uh Stanton yesterday I believe was four for five with a home run. Aaron Judge was out of the lineup because he went 0 for four with three strikeouts the night before. So they got Stanton back at least, but he'll be hurt by the end of the weekend, probably, and same with Judge. Earlier today, I was listening to Baseball Tonight with Buster Only, the number one podcast in baseball. Whoa. Not team affiliated. And Thank our good you. friend, Buster Olney. Now, Jesse Rogers, also a friend of the program, was on there with Buster. Jesse made an interesting point. I want to get your thoughts on this. He was talking about the White Sox and clinching their 10th, 10th playoff appearance in franchise history in their first since 2008. He mentioned starting Lucas Giolito in game one. And if you win, he asked the question to Buster. Do you use a lesser guy like Dylan Covey or uh, Dane Dunning, who are younger guys, in game two and save Dallas Keuchel for a potential game three? Why? Because if you win, Keuchel and his postseason experience will pitch game one of the ALDS. And if you lose, you have Keuchel for game three instead of using uh, one of the lesser guys. So buying or selling, saving Dallas Keuchel for game three. Well, uh, well, Tommy left. Oh, wait. No, he's back. I'm what, back. Sorry. What happened? What was the last thing you heard? Uh, I heard Dallas Keuchel game two. Okay. So, Jesse Rogers mentions, if you win game one with Lucas Giolito, do you use a lesser guy and save Dallas Keuchel for game three? Why would you do that? Because if you win game two, Keuchel pitches game one of the ALDS. But if you lose, you have him for game three instead of using lesser guys to try to win that game. So buying or selling, saving Dallas Keuchel for game three. Selling. Yeah, you- I go all Jack McKeon, and I use Josh Beckett in game six. I close it out in two. You yeah. go for the kill. You win game one, you go for the kill in game two. And like you said, you can immediately – I mean, you got those guys. I don't know who made this point. You weren't here in town, but someone made the point – it's kind of like the 1989 World Series. You get your first two guys in, win, and then you can get your first two guys in potentially for the ALDS or NLC, uh, NLDS. Make sense? Yeah, no, totally. You, 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 you. You're going Stu and Moore back to back. So th- this would be these two guys, Giolito and Keichel. You go game one, game two. In wild card, go game one, game two, ALDS. Yeah. And uh, I know we're out of time, but I will say you play to win the game. So Who I said that. That would be the great Herman Edwards, the, Love head, Herm. the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, it's just shocking to me. Are we are we up against it? Yeah, we're we're getting pretty like we're less than like a minute. The White Sox have been around since 1904, and they've only been in the playoffs how many times? I believe it's 10. I remember I went through and back and looked. They've been, the first time since 08, and then they made it in 05 when they won the World Series. Uh, our guy Blummer, uh, hero. But still, uh, th- yeah, they haven't they haven't had a great playoff uh, success in their franchise history. But kudos, okay. they made it to 10th time. They lead the world in nicknames. The Sox, the Chai Sox, the Southsiders, and the Pale Hose. Are we back on Monday at least? No, Tuesday. We're at four shows next week, Tuesday through Friday. 
off day for the A's Monday. We got the Dodgers next Tuesday. Oh, Dodger blue. I hate the Dodgers. Cannot wait. Hey, I'm glad you worked one day in like the last two weeks. Yeah, well, me too. I'm glad I'm, I'm, glad I'm able to get back on the get back on the grind where you've been working every day. So now you got three days off again. We'll see you on Tuesday. All right, coming up now, who do we have next? David Forrest. David Forrest, the general manager of A's, and then A's Total Access right here on A's Cast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in a few minutes. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 